Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 289 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host for the next couple hours, and alongside me is a very important person today, Matthew J. Kyle. And the reason he's important today is because it's his birthday. So everyone... Yesterday. Well, whatever, Matt. This is as close <laughs> as we can get, brother. His birthday was yesterday. Everyone wish him happy birthday in the chat, please. In fact, I'm going to give him... A round of applause just for his birthday. You made it another year. Yeah. Do you feel any wiser? Uh, no. <laughs> try, try next time. Yeah. Right now, I just right now I just uh, continually have those those moments where I'm just like, oh, we were real close to fifty. <laughs> it's scary. Um, yeah. The, the worst is when like, someone is talking about something that's like fifty years ago, and you're like, oh, fifty years. I'm like, yeah. Da, da. And then like they say it's like, yeah, 1974. And, and you're like, like oh. <laughs> No, 50 years ago is like 1946, <laughs> like, right? I guess, yeah? That's it's pretty a, crazy. I, I know how you yeah. feel. I just had my birthday as well. So, yeah, the uh, the strains of mortality definitely mm-hmm. start to weigh on you a little bit when you start to get to our age. But yeah. uh, I think we're both doing okay oh, for our sure. age. Yeah, we're all, we all, everything more or less works. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but every once in a while you have the... Uh, Every once in a while, you have the thing where it's just like, no, it's tons of everything. You got, to, you know, you're only you're only forty five. You got tons of time. To, you know, you're not even don't even need to worry about that. I'm just like, you can see it from here. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, also the people that are telling you that are usually they're all like twenty 80, something. Well, yeah. they're either twenty or, or, or they're eighty. Yeah. <laughs> it's one or the other. Like you've come to terms with it, and you don't know what it feels like. So <laughs> it's like. So anyway, happy birthday to Matt Kyle. Love you, brother. Love you like a brother. Um. Glad that you made it another year. Um, we, ha- By the way, folks, let us know if there are any audio issues. So I shot Pactor Factor over the last week since we did Game Face. And uh, when I came back, the soundboard is, like, completely different. Mm. Our levels are different. So if the levels aren't right, if our lip syncing isn't right, if the audio isn't synced with our faces, let us know. We can fix all that stuff very quickly and right on the fly. Um, but no one's complaining so far. So it looks like maybe everything's all right. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what happened. No clue. It's really bizarre. Um, So, yeah, happy birthday to Matt. Um, I do want to thank you guys. So I put out a call about a month ago uh, for you guys to maybe take a minute and subscribe via Twitch Prime. We just got paid for that, and our total went up a little bit for the last payout period. So thank you, guys. You can keep doing that. That would be awesome. Literally, like just the fact that I'm bringing this up should show you how much of a difference it makes for us. So thank you for Twitch Prime. In fact, we'll go and see if anyone's done this early in the show here. Hope everyone's doing good in chat. Hope everyone had a great week. Everyone's saying audio is fine. That's good to hear. And it's surprising to me. Mm. <laughs> uh, everyone wishing you happy birthday, Matt. That's mm. awesome. A lot. Look at all that. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for wishing mm. Matt a happy birthday. And That's awesome. Look at all these people, Matt. Yeah, they should. They should. Uh, Twitch should, should give you money every time they do that. <laughs> or you money for your birthday. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, okay, let's see. Shane AAA28. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, my middle name is A, Shane Anderson, by the way. Mr. 60, thank you for Twitch Prime. Not Cirque, Nox Aeternitis, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's all awesome. Johnny Hurricane, how you doing, man? Thanks for Twitch Prime. And is that it? Slagathor, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. As you guys know, if you subscribe to Twitch Prime, you get your name in Game Face. You also, or I'm sorry, you get your name in Pactor Factor. You also get access to Pactor Factor a week early. You get it with our patrons. Um, and I probably should mention that more when I talk about it on Game Face. Um, so we appreciate it very much. If you're watching this episode on YouTube, the directions to handle Twitch Prime is down in the description. It's very easy to do. We already hit the hype train, apparently. This is great. Awesome way to kick off the show. 
Matt, it's a little bit of a slow week this week. Yeah. Everyone's holding their breath. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're Horizon. not. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're not talking about Horizon Forbidden West today. I have not received it yet for review. Um, so it'll be a next week show. And I did get review code for Elden Ring, though, mm. which they may regret that one. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to give Elden Ring an honest shot. I promise you. I'm really going to try to give it as fair a shot as I can. Mm. I'm going to try to stick with it as long as I can. Um, I mean, you already played the... I did. The beta. Yeah, I and all I, that I mean, at the end of the beta, I was, <laughs> I was, yeah. my interest was waning. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm very curious how the reviews for that are going. You know, like the, the 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 smart money's on like some crazy 95 average. You know, everybody's going to love it, or everyone's going to give it really high scores. They don't want to deal with the blowback from right. giving it a low score. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like I feel like you know, especially reading the Horizon reviews with mm-hmm. like how many how many weird complaints about the, just the fact that it's open world. Those the the lower reviews have given it. Like I, I wonder if like there's gonna be like a weird little thing where it's like, oh, Dark Souls went open world and it's not good now, or like it's, mm. it's, it it drags it down. I'd rather just play Dark Souls four or something. Yeah, I wonder if there's gonna be like a weird sort of like vector of that. Yeah, in the it's reviews. been interesting seeing the reviews for Horizon. Yeah, like, definitely lower than I expected. Um, the average has worked out okay. The Metacritic, yeah, the average has. is about ninety. It's it's about where I thought it would be. But like, yeah, there's some low like low scores from interesting outlets. Yeah, uh, and I, I think if you if you haven't looked at some of them, um, the, and maybe the, you the, shouldn't because you don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like some of this stuff is like clickbait a little bit. But like te- the Telegraph's review is madness. Like it's abs- <laughs> like like there's a whole section about like how it's because like something about like sophomore albums are the hardest ones to do and like then it goes into this weird tangent about the stone roses second album and i'm like what are you talking about it's a i see the analogy but i would argue that generally the second album for most bands are like their best albums often is yeah because a lot of times the songs are a little better from the first album because they've had their Mm -hmm. whole career to come up with 12 songs it's like their best of their best right they've worked on for years right and then you have two years to make the second one but you've learned your craft by then you've learned how to write songs sometimes you have the slump but like sometimes it's like okay now we're free well that's when you you figure out whether a band is good or not right the second album basically and like but also like I never find comparisons to follow-up stuff with video games, comparing them to, like, movies or, or music. or th- I don't find that particularly uh, useful because I think video games are one of the few media uh, in which the sequels are almost always better. Yeah. Like, there are... V- they, they, they av- I think, on average, video game sequels are better than their predecessors. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, and usually... Because you don't need to come up with a better story or a reason to continue the story, you need to come up with better and more interesting game mechanics. Yeah, and you generally and that's generally those. okay. And yeah. a lot of times, the, the, you know, one game that you make a game and, like, you couldn't fit all the stuff you wanted to fit into it and you couldn't, like, develop that one weird mechanic you wanted to put in there. Mm-hmm. And for the second one, you can. Yeah. And so it, it improves. The, what, you know, the gameplay experience improves and that's why game sequels tend to be better than their predecessors, which is just not true of narrative media. It's true. Um, you may like so. the story better in the first still. Yeah. Because stories... Yeah. Mm. And I think that's, like, my go-to on that is Metal Gear Solid. I think the yeah, first Metal Gear Solid has the best story game. by far, but you can see the mechanics evolve mm-hmm. more and more as this, you know, like, I don't think anyone would argue that Snake Eater isn't a really interesting piece of gameplay design. Yeah. I just hate the story. <laughs> I don't um, really like the gameplay either. Like, no, but I don't like I don't like that either. But like, you can you can see that these trying they're trying yeah. to put in some stuff. It's that better they do before. than the yeah. first game for yeah. sure. The mechanics, but still um, not a fan. No, but, uh, but that's that's what I, just what I think. You know, and and like I think Horizon had a good story. I'm curious if they yeah. can continue that 
without making it feel padded, but we'll see. Well, a lot of the reviews that really dinged it, it seemed like they really complained about bugs, which I was surprised that there's so many bugs in the second mm-hmm. game, you know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like those will be fixed pretty soon, but it's like I think we're going to see that more and more this year. You're going to see a few games uh, that are just, they're going to come out whether they're, they're done ready or not. to come out or not. I think, uh, yeah, I think we're going to see that with uh, Harry Potter. Mm, um, Hogwarts Legacy. Hogwarts Legacy. I mean, I, I don't. I feel like that still might slip from September, but like, it feels like that thing's getting pushed out the door. Sounds like maybe. Gotham Knights, maybe. Gotham too. Knights, I think as well. Is and WB's trying to be that. purchased right now, and you can't do that if you're not putting out not products. putting out content. Yeah, like <laughs> so, you need to show what you're doing. Yeah, it's interesting. I talked about this in Good Morning Gaming. What you know, talking about how it's difficult evaluating games now that have bugs because a lot of times they're fixed in like mm-hmm. four or five weeks after release, which is crazy. It's like. If you only needed five more weeks, wait five more weeks to release a game. But beside the point, you review a game, and then five weeks later, your review doesn't line up with the product anymore. It's yeah. tough. And I don't blame these people for docking a game if they find problems in it. You've got to review what they send you, what you, you're given. But it just puts us in a weird conundrum yeah. as critics. Well, there's so many, like, the way all this stuff works and interacts now is so strange. We're like, uh, like you, you, they haven't talked, they haven't done it yet, but Lego is about to it is believed Lego is about to announce that they have the Transformers license. Ooh, um, that's huge. And uh, the first release being a big Ultimate Collector set of Optimus Prime from the new movie, Rise of the Beasts. Oh. But, of course, the Rise of the Beast was supposed to come out in June, and it was delayed to a, a year, to next year. So the film is done? The film it's is in, the it's in post. Like, they're okay. still working on it. But uh, they pushed it from June this year to June next year. But the merch has to still basically come out. Oh. Like on like the like the you know the planned merch release has to happen. So this Optimus Prime thing is apparently coming in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like it's like a but it, the the trick is it's a it's like so I think it's on like fifteen hundred eighteen hundred pieces and it's the version of him from like Bumblebee in the new movie awesome. and it transforms without being taken apart. That's um, pretty sweet, man. So which is the first time anyone's ever done that with a build like a brick building transformer. Yeah. Oh, they're so, going to be huge. Oh, yeah. Transformers Legos are going to be gigantic. Yeah, which means we hope. Lego Transformers video game. Right, a video game. Like They need something to work on now. Yeah. <laughs> Once you, put, you close the book on Star Wars. You yeah. Gotta do something. And they should be p- putting that in the can at this point, yeah. too. And that also, you know, because we know that uh, it feels, at least it feels, I think, that the Lego, that the TT Games guys have, like, they really want to do different things with this mm-hmm. stuff. Like, they want to break the mold. They want to... Transformers, that you'd have to come up with a completely different gameplay system for a Transformers Lego game. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because you can't use the same minifig runs around. You gotta have them transform. You gotta do, like, how do you do that? Because you know, they're not minifigures; they're sets. You yeah, know? yeah. You'd be like basing an entire game around an X-wing. Right. You know, um, it's like Rogue oh, Squadron. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not a bad, not a bad idea. <laughs> it's if not no impossible. One, if no one else will make it, maybe Lego can make it. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like so, that would be an exciting thing, especially because it feels like the only way we'd get an actual real Transformers game again. Because the rest of them are all going to be mobile. Did Platinum bullshit. kill console Transformers games? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, I think Fall Cybertron did. Too. I mean, yeah. you know, Fall Cybertron and, and Devastation just did not perform the way they were hoping. And yeah, it is surprising that Transformers video games do not sell better than they do in general. They did for a while. Like the, the movie tie-ins did, but yeah. uh, those sort of deteriorated. And you can tell High Moon put more and more effort into their Cybertron games, which were good. Fall Cybertron is great. Yeah, like I remember, I remember talking to Cliff Blazinski about uh, Fall Cybertron because he's a Transformers fan too. But like. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, you know, he was obviously an epic involved with the Unreal Engine from the beginning, all that yeah. stuff. And he was impressed with some of the stuff they made the Unreal Engine do in that game. Like, Forming Bruticus and all the all the giant robot stuff. Like, he, he was like, that was really... He's like, they did some stuff that we didn't even, like, know could be done at the time. Yeah. So, uh, 
High Moon is great, and I hope, you know, we talked before about, like, I hope they're one of the, I hope Microsoft liberates them from their Call of Duty uh, mine job. I, I keep on hoping, because I would argue they're probably going to be one of the studios that ends up getting absorbed into mm. the Borg, so to speak, with the other studios. <clears throat> we'll see. I think High Moon, uh, Raven, and um, uh, Toys for Bob are absolutely worth oh, yeah. setting, oh, setting loose and letting them do their thing. I'd agree a thousand percent. Yep. So. They've all made great games. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Toys for Bob take on Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, um, but also, wouldn't it be nice to see them do Star Control again? Yeah, like bring yeah. it back to that. I mean, That'll I definitely never happen. That'll not. <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't know. Microsoft does weird stuff. Sometimes. That's true. Every once in a while, they'll surprise you. Because Star, there is nothing like Star Control in their in their catalog right yeah. now. So it could diversify. Yeah. Okay, we're about ready to kick off the show. Before we do, just want to run through all the housekeeping stuff. Uh, we are supported 100% by Patreon. So head to patreon.com slash sifted if you like the show and you want to support it. For four bucks a month, you get all our content early. Um, I asked you guys last week about our new show, Good Morning Gaming, what you guys thought about the delay time for that show. And oddly enough, you guys were almost unanimous that you're like, you know what? Give it away for free. Put it up on YouTube same day as our patrons. Um, so I'm leaning that direction. It is a daily show, and it is weird, you know, putting it up on YouTube, and it's three days behind. Um, even though I would argue a big bulk of those shows are evergreen, I talk about stuff that'll be applicable and relevant years from now in a, a large part of those shows. Uh, but the middle section of the show is basically like the hot news of the day. Um, so I'm thinking about doing those day and day it could be a good way for us to grow our audience both on youtube and grow our patreon if anyone has huge objections to that reach out to me i want to hear from you guys i want input from everyone but what i've been hearing so far is that you guys are like you know what like we want you to grow more than we want to hoard this show uh so put it up at the same time on youtube if i don't get a ton of complaints saying don't do that that's what's going to happen it's going to start going up same day same time uh, on YouTube. Maybe we could even just delay it like a few hours so that the YouTube folks don't get it first thing in the morning like you guys do whenever you get up and it's just sitting on your phone and you can kind of listen to it as you get ready for your day or your commuting or whatever you do in the morning. Um, so anyway, again, maybe just another round of feedback on that. This is kind of a big decision and I don't want to just make it all willy-nilly, but again, so far you guys have almost been unanimous about it. So it seems like that's what you guys want us to do. So just one final note before we get going. And with that, let's get on with episode 289. We're going to kick things off with the biggest event that happened this week, other than Horizon Forbidden West, which we have not been able to play yet. And that is a huge Nintendo Direct this past week. And by huge, I mean like E3 press conference huge. Mm -hmm. Basically, it, like, here's what the rest of the first half of the year is going to be. Yeah, we, we've been Plus like... Plus a few. Yeah, we've been wondering, like, where's Nintendo's games mm -hmm. for 2022? Well, <laughs> Nintendo just answered that. Here they are. Yeah, like big time. It's, um, again, like, I remember Nintendo press conferences did, didn't have this many games in them. From yeah. E3 from, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, we all remember, hey, you got Animal Crossing. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Back when was, we got Animal Crossing and Wii Music, we were supposed to be happy with that. Yeah. That was, what, yeah, yeah. According to Reggie. Anyway. To Reggie, yeah. <laughs> this Nintendo Direct delivered, though. And keep in mind that everything we're going to talk about, and it'll probably take us a half hour to talk about this stuff at least. Um, think, just remember, everything we're about to talk about is coming in the first half of the year. So that was the focus of this Nintendo Direct is what are people going to be playing until June? And it's a lot. Um, I think, people may disagree with me, but I think the biggest game that was debuted during this, Matt, was Nintendo Switch Sports. 
Uh, it certainly has potential to be. I'm curious, though, because... Why is there no golf? <laughs> well, it's coming, apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah, at the end of the trailer, they say golf is coming like later in the year. There's mm. two other sports coming later in the year. Um, I'm wondering, though, obviously Wii Sports. This is a sequel to Wii Sports, and mm-hmm. Wii Sports was gigantic, but it was packed in yeah. with the Wii. Packed in, and it was like a blatant demo of the tech. And I wonder how much of those sales, quote-unquote, were because it was just packed in. What do you think? I mean, yeah, obviously it was. But, like, um, I think there was just a, a hunger for those things. That got, uh, same reason Wii Play sold so well because it was sort of a – it wasn't a Wii sports game, but it was the same idea. It was like mini games you played together communally. And it also came packed with, came in with a Wiimote. Wiimote. Yeah, yeah, that helped. Um, yeah, there was a, for a long time, that was the only way to get another Wiimote. Um, yeah, they're all sold out everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think th- I mean this soccer game is like so Rocket League. Uh, and but it using, looks awful. Using the, and using the uh, <laughs> the Ring Fit tech there, right? That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, the band that goes around your leg. Yeah. But I, I honestly think the soccer looks awful. Uh, it probably will not be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is just why not just play tennis? Right. Why is this not tennis? It's like tennis for because it's badminton's easier to play than tennis. Yeah. You don't have to run as harder as fast yeah and the the the, the shuttle floats a little bit so it's kind of like tennis for kids yeah badminton volleyball could volleyball be, could be cool. good a lot of that's going to depend on how automated yeah the players are and that's honestly we sports in general or now switch sports in general a lot of the games do depend on that how mm. does the automation work that yeah. part of i mean i do think the stars of this would it will probably be bowling and chambara yeah um and tennis probably maybe tennis yeah like, but bowling, I mean, bowling is just a tried and true Wii Sports tradition. And Chambara just looks interesting to me because of the, the versus ang- angle on it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the fact that they're calling it that and not like something more English. Yes. <laughs> like, it just um, be, should be called like sword fighting or yeah, something. Ch- yeah. I mean, Chambara is, you know, that's, that's the term for, you know, samurai dramas. It's mm-hmm. just like, that's the sound that, it's the sound that swords make in Japanese. Cham, cham, bara, bara. Yeah, yeah. And, um,. <laughs> So uh, it's funny that they kept that. But it is very much a kind of, like, modified kendo fight that has no analog in actual sporting. So I guess that makes sense. Well, the other big thing about this, too, is that it's all playable online. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I'm, think that gives it a huge... Well, you also have to have your Nintendo Switch Online subscription, so yeah. there's a barrier to entry there. There's but, the, the and you have to have a good connection. I mean, there's mm-hmm. you know, playing stuff online with a Switch has not been a wonderful experience no, for the most I part. No, I can't think of too many online experiences that have been exceptional <laughs> on the Switch. Its network just isn't no. that great. There's so many people Certainly playing Mario on Tennis Wi-Fi instead famous. of hardwiring their consoles, because... It may get better now that yeah. more people have a Switch OLED. That's also why I'm saying like bowling is kind of probably your star here because mm-hmm. it doesn't require anybody Lag to be in sync. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it won't have a big effect on it. But I do think that online, if they start setting up tournaments and things of that nature, it could become pretty big. Yeah, if they support it. Yeah. Did you play a lot of Wii Sports, Matt? I mean, I know everyone played at least a good bit yeah, of it I mean, because at the it was time. just a thing. Sure. Uh, I, I didn't play really any Wii Sports Resort. Mm. Yeah, um, me either. It was over by then. Yeah, but no, that was a period of time. Yeah, you know, certainly like in you know 2006 and like a good bulk of 2007. Like we all kept Wiimotes in our cars. Yeah, in case like we broke out house. at someone's yeah. house after <laughs> after we were at the bar or something. Like, yeah, 
It was another time. It was another time. That was also around the time when Rock Band was huge. Yeah. So yeah. parties were great back then. You'd show up, you'd oh, yeah. start off with some Wii Sports, and then you'd move into Rock Band, and yeah, by I that time, a, it was time to go home. A couple months ago, I put up a picture. It was a picture of me playing Rock Band at some party we were at, and, and everyone was like, oh, you remember when that was literally what a party meant? That's what it was. Pe- yeah, it was like... You just knew yeah. when you went to a party, you were going to play Rock Band. You were going to play Rock Everybody was going to... Because especially we went to the right... Certain houses had the full setup with yep. the... You know, the and the they nice never took it down, and you could just there. roll in, sit down at the drums. It had basically and- become like a, a a fixture of the living room yeah. at that point. Yeah, um, so it was such a pain in the ass to break it all yeah. down and put it away. I still, I mean, I still have most of that stuff. And every once in a while, I think about, oh, it'd be fun to break all that out and have another, have a, like a rock band party again. And I'm just like, nah. But you know what? You know what <laughs> deters me from doing that though is that there's like all these dongles. Yeah. That like you ended up, and I don't remember how they all worked and what I needed, and have I thrown some of those away? Mm-hmm. This box or that box? And it's after not I moved, worth where it. Where did it go? It's like tear, tearing out my whole closet yeah. to get the drums out, and like I did. Tr- I tried to set them up at, w- at one point because I was like, oh, I like to play, and I was trying to I, this dongle for that. To, do I connect it to the Xbox One or do I use it for this? Or like, maybe I just use the 360. I don't know. And at a certain point, I was trying to make the the drums connect with the right dongle to this, and it wouldn't yeah. recognize it, and I was just like. I'm done. I just put everything back. <laughs> yeah. I, like, <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. So anyway. But what a good time. It was a great time. I uh, loved gaming back then. Yeah. The other thing to th- weird to think of, you know, because, like, you know, what, 2006, uh, like, I was 30. We were so young. I know. But we thought we were old. We did, but we weren't. We're like, oh, my God, we're going to be 33. <laughs> that's, that's so old. That's how old Jesus was when he died. <laughs> like, that's like, It's just like, no, you're a baby. You, you have are. your whole life in front of you. Stop yeah. it. Yep. When you get out of your twenties, thirty maybe may have been the hardest age for me. Thirties, I mean, because that's when you're forced to be an, an adult. Yeah, well, or people perceive you as you should be an adult at man, thirty. Man, I still have things like uh, where I'm thinking, where I'm thinking like you know, we've been going through some stuff with uh, you know, some moving stuff with my friend and things like that, and like is it, trying to take care of all these things. And she was like, she's like, sometimes I get this feeling, like, oh no, like. I can't. We can't do that. We're not old enough to be doing that. And she's like, "We're in our forties. Like, of course, yeah, we're old enough. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Like, you uh, never quite see yourself as, as that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you. Um, N- Nintendo Switch Sports launches on April 29th, but coming up this weekend, there is a free online demo available, play- playable demo available. If you're a N- Nintendo Switch online subscriber, mm. uh, it goes from February 18th to February 20th. Um, so this weekend, if you want to check it out, dive in. I know I'm going to check it out, and we'll talk about it on next week's Game Face. Uh, next up, a bittersweet announcement, Matt. Um, so we've been kind of hoping that Mario Kart 9 might be mm. coming soon. We thought maybe it might come out this year as a surprise Same. release for sort of. the holidays. And Nintendo basically threw a big, fat, wet blanket on those hopes when it announced 48 new tracks for Mario Kart mm. 8 well, Deluxe. Yeah. Oh, classic tracks. Are we? When are we getting Mario Kart Nine, Matt? Ever? Next, next system. Yeah, it sounds like a launch game for the next yeah. Nintendo console. I mean, this is a good. I mean, thirty bucks for forty-eight tracks is a pretty. I think it's twenty-five bucks, isn't it? 25, it? I thought it was twenty-nine ninety-five, but I might be wrong. It's, yeah, either see, way, it's a good. Either value. way, it's not it's a, a bad really good value. Yeah, and it is the thing you get for in, included if you do the ultra subscription mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, which is a much better deal, much better enticement, I think, than the Animal Crossing DLC. I'd agree. Yeah. Um, not that it's enticing to me because I don't even own Mario Kart, but uh, uh, I think that's a better. F- you don't thing have to Mario throw Kart in. Eight? I do not. Wow. I'm, I have never played Mario Kart Eight. You didn't even have it for the Wii U. No. Wow. So you're not a big Mario Kart guy. No. Then. Oh. When was the last one you really got into? 
64. Wow. I wasn't very good at it either. But uh, no, Mario Kart has never been my thing. Wow. I have gone through periods of my life where I was completely and hopelessly addicted to Mario Kart. Yeah, well, and you, I don't you and it. Sam are, are uh, <laughs> that's right. Mario, Mario Kart veterans. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Sam was a big Mario Kart player too. You discover people. I discover people like me. Mm-hmm. Like I was home for the holidays, and when I found out one of my friends is a hardcore Mario Kart player, and I was just like, "That's random." Um, but yeah, I would agree. Overall, I think this is a pretty good deal. What you're gonna get for the money, even if it is twenty nine, twenty five yeah. or twenty nine, that's a good deal either way. Um, I wish it. I do wish it came with a couple new characters, but. You can't ask for everything for Nintendo. Too, there's not Matt. too many uh, left, really. Yeah, uh, the J Bone says it's 25 bucks, yeah. so that's an even better deal. Yeah, I, I'm not going to yeah. argue with that. Although I will note on on the the subscription thing for that, I will note like no announcements of new N64 stuff. No, for the you know that, that that's stuff. true. Yep, and just so you know, it's 48 remastered courses. From across the entire Mario Kart series. Including Tour, which I thought was interesting. Like, yeah. That was, I didn't expect to see that in a lineup of, like, you know, uh, mainline Mario Kart games, but I guess they count it. People may be sitting there right now wondering, why the hell is Shane saying Mario Kart 9 isn't coming? Well, the reason is because all these tracks aren't being released at once. Yeah. It's like two years or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like six, eight courses at a time across six different waves. That end at the end of 2023. Yeah. So all this year, yeah, all this, next year. This is the Mario Kart plan for the Switch. Yeah. For the rest of the Switch. The rest of the Switch. Do you think the signals that maybe we may see Nintendo's next console around that time or no? Um, I mean, I think it lends credence to the idea that this Switch 2 or whatever, the Super Nintendo Switch, whatever the hell it ends up being, is going to be spring 2024. Okay. That would be my guess. It makes sense, but... I don't know. Like, this week, Nintendo's president said that um, they're planning on seeing the sales of software soften across their ever evergreen games, like Animal Crossing and Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild and Mario Odyssey. Um, and that Because of that, they're going to start concentrating on new game development, which is great. Like, I'm like, yes, that's exactly what you want if you're a Switch owner. But does that mean that these games are going to be in development for Switch or for Switch 2, or does it even matter? I mean, I have a feeling that it's they're going to be you know both compatible yeah. i think it's going to be like you know the other systems like you're going to be able to you know they'll just look better and run better on the new system yeah you they're can still on, play them. the games now are on nvidia tech so yeah chances are the next console will also be built on yeah NVIDIA i think it'll tech. all be compatible just be a power boost more or less yeah um which is fine yep like, that's all it needs to be really but yeah so there's all these waves lasting until 2023 for mario mm-hmm. kart so i mean the good news is you're going to get Mario Kart yeah. content for the next so, two years. To me, this says that this is this is what they were working on, and it was misinterpreted somehow as Mario Kart Nine. You're probably right. Yep. Somehow somebody got oh, there's a big Mario Kart there's thing Mario coming, Kart project happening, and they're like, and, well, it's got to be Mario Kart Nine. Yeah. And as it turns out, even, especially if you you know, if I had gotten wind of a vague thing about like a two year like season pass, I would have assumed that was a new game. Yeah. Instead, you know, because so. this doesn't happen very often. No. I mean, Mario Kart Eight is old. Yeah, it, like two systems old. Like <laughs> it's getting tons. It's a Wii U game. Tons of DLC still. It's crazy. Um, it also makes you. But wonder- also, like that's kind of what I think more games should be doing. It's like okay, if you if you kind of nail it, don't Stick start over. Yeah. Just like keep adding things and make it a platform. And I think this. I think this is smart. I agree. Yeah, I have no problem with it. Um, other than the fact that we won't get a new game for probably sure. a little longer now, but. But, like, really, like, with Mario Kart, especially now, like, most people don't seem to want a brand new reinvention of Mario Kart. They just want more. Yeah. And, like, that's what this is. Yep. You know? You got to decide when to slap a 9 on it. But, like, it would be nice if Mario Kart 9 
had all of Mario Kart 8's content and was just new stuff on top of that. Yeah, but then the DLC tale for that game is yeah. short. So Well, I mean, you can always I mean, make, it's going to be no matter what, really. That, well, now make 48 new courses. Right. And they could. So and then you've got sell. like a collection of like all the <laughs> classic courses you could want and a bunch of new courses. Like it's, yeah, you end up having like 100 and 100, some 100 courses. 100 something Mario Kart That's courses. That's mind boggling. Like, like, you know, 80 <laughs> characters or something. Yeah. Start branching out really hard there. Yeah. Yep. So. Big, big DLC coming for Mario Kart that's going to last a long time. Yeah. Basically, up, Mario Kart Ultimate, the same way they, what they did with Smash Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they could do the same thing. Uh, next up, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. We're mm. both fans of this franchise. Yeah. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I think, was at least a little bit of a disappointment. Oh, yeah. Actually, Xenoblade, I, I think Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was a misfire in a, in a lot of ways outside of, like, the game mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like looking at it. I didn't like... Uh, how weird, like, you know, I didn't like how boob-focused it became. It just became, like, weird, gross anime. Like, it's, it's it became, like, a stereotype of, like, anime stuff. It was just, like, why are all the all the blades had, like, their their boobs hanging out and, like, mm-hmm. weird, like, you know, it's just gross. Well, I, didn't, I didn't like it. And now, but this one is going back to basically the aesthetic of the original, um, which is great. Like, this looks great to me. Yeah. Um, they definitely have toned down the anime boobage. For this, mm-hmm. do you think that'll bother some people, though, man? I don't care. <laughs> I don't either. But I th- and also like just having you know reading everything about the, the discourse on Xenoblade in general. Most Xenoblade fans prefer the original and X in terms of. I definitely the do. So it's not even close. And there's still a little bit. Of, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think you wear that dress to a battle. Usually, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it looks way more like, uh, you know, like the original. And apparently it's going to bridge the gap and kind of explain how you got to the world in two. From is that the what they were talking one. about? I couldn't figure out what they were yeah, saying. That's there. what that's what they're talking about. It's like it's like because the thing about one and two, you still don't really we still don't really know how the world of one ended up as the world of two. Right. Like there's a gap in there that we that nobody's really they haven't explained, like how that happened. Mm-hmm. Um when did everyone stop wearing pants? Like, what's going on? <laughs> um, so this is supposedly going to bridge that gap. Yeah. So apparently the order is going to be one, three, two. I guess. Yeah, that's weird. Um, I mean, it's. I mean, it's JRPGs. It, most most like, JRPGs like, would call it two point five. Yeah, or like, I mean, Square would just make <laughs> up a bunch 5. of words and call it like yeah. some kind of like <laughs> Tanger Vetrix nonsense <laughs> thing. Like, it's like okay, whatever. Um, yep. But uh, infinite discovered un unrealization alpha. Sanuku is saying he played it for forty hours and didn't feel as if it were it was focused on boobs. Um, <laughs> I uh, I feel like you didn't have a lot of women walk through the room while you were playing it. Yeah, maybe not. You needed that person to tell yeah. you, hey, this is a little weird. No, don't even tell. You. Just just look at you with the eyebrow. Like, yeah. Hmm? <laughs> And my girlfriend at the time was huge into anime stuff. Yeah. Like, owned anime porn of her own. And even she was like, <laughs> no. I think, the for me, the big issue with the last one was that it wasn't just that it was anime girls with big boobs. It's that the girls looked like they were, like, 11 years old. Yeah. That's a, what really that. bothered me. Um, yeah. It wasn't that their boobs were bare or anything, but like, but to me, the girls looked way too young to. Yeah. Everybody was young in a weird way, yeah. like the, like even like uh, what's his name, the main character, and a bunch of you know, they had the, there was the 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 weird the comedy relief guy had the robot girl who was clearly oh, yeah. like twelve or yeah, something over yeah. yeah, twelve, but it's like no, it's okay, she's a robot, go away. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, whereas in the first game, everybody, you know, everyone was young, as everybody, you know, if you're twenty five in anime, you're already retired, right? Basically. Yeah, you're done. But like everybody in the first. 
Xenoblade felt like a you know like a like a, a young adult you mm-hmm. know like there, there was not that element to it. it didn't feel like a harem anime to me yeah uh, and there was a weird thing with the the blades had that that weird gotcha pawn thing oh, yeah where like, yeah. you had to like basically like play roulette to get good ones or stuff and so there's a chance you'd never see all the blades in the game because they would they would just never come up because right. it's random yeah um and i didn't like that like you know at least they weren't charging money as microtransactions but it still felt like you were you know leaving it up to i'd rather have been able to unlock them through narrative or quests or something yeah um i just didn't like a lot of the directions they went with it and this looks like a much a, a huge step in the right direction um i'm, I'm also gonna... shocked that it's this year like, yeah I, I, for a, a nice game surprise. that generally they're gigantic yeah and this year i mean yeah. the timing does seem right it's I about mean, right yeah yeah um i just kind of forgotten about it yeah, it didn't occur to me that that could be this year. <laughs> right, me either. I should have picked up on it. That's my bad. Um, I will say, I, I mean, maybe, maybe not, but, like, the fact that this is, what, September? Yeah. That does make me a little nervous for Zelda this year. Like, putting out a big thing like right. this that close to when Zelda would have to come out. I mean, not you could argue that... sells anything close right, to Right, you could argue that Zelda, it doesn't, Zelda can come out whenever it wants. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're... But, like, putting those two that close to each other is a little odd to it me. It is a little odd. Because they have a big game but now if for Zel- Q4. Yeah, right, but if Zelda was out... Also, because Nintendo doesn't really give us big, serious adventure stuff all at once like that, usually. Yeah. But if like Zelda's more like March... Don't say that, Matt. Mm. <laughs> Ashes in the Hourglass says that Monolith has tripled in size since the second Yeah, game. well, I, I think uh, the fact that they were so integral in Breath of the Wild um, definitely brought... Uh, uh, I think brought a lot of attention internally to them, and so I'm sure Nintendo was like, "Oh, these guys do that open big stuff." I mean, I'm sure they were involved. They, they're on the credits for Arceus too. I think I, I think I saw something about that. I didn't see any, but it seemed like that. But maybe um, I'm sure they were advising at yeah. some point because they just they. I mean, they pulled a world like this off on the Wii. I know it's, it's ridiculous. It pretty amazing. Yeah. Yep. Like the, that still looks. You know, it's it's blurry because it's the Wii, but it's still it's the size and scope of that thing is impressive. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, next up, as you said, coming in September, by the way. Next up, Mario Strikers Battle League, the sequel to the GameCube arcade-style soccer game. Yeah, did you like out. the original Mario Strikers? I did. Um, I also believe I have a sealed copy of it. You should I, keep it sealed. So I think I played the the like the the X-Play copy a lot. But the I, silver? Yeah. That's what they I used never, to call the review code yeah, for I never GameCube. opened my the copy retail one. I played a lot of this, but I'll say this too. The more I played it, the less I liked it. Because once you got good at it, it became kind of a pattern. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time, a lot of times, the person who won, it was more luck than actual mm-hmm. skill. If, you're, if two skilled players were playing against each other. Um, but I still had a lot of fun with it. And before I got to that point, I played it probably for 40 hours before yeah, I got really good at it. It's like the like NBA Jam or, or NFL Blitz. Like you, can, you don't take it too seriously and mm-hmm. just, just play it and have fun. Uh, I will say I'm not a huge fan of the art style in this one. But uh, like that, I don't, I don't Well, like that is that. the art style from the first game, isn't it? Yeah, but... That feel, kind of ink, scratchy, yeah, the ink scra- it just, Street Fighter... Was it 4, that, that art style as well? Yeah, it, looks, yeah. it does look like 4. But it, that one obviously predated 4. Yep. But uh, wouldn't it be weird if that was the inspiration for Street, for Street Fighter Force? Like art <laughs> Mario like, Strikers. Like Ono was just like, we're gonna do Mar- we're gonna do Mario Strikers up in this this one. Like, yeah, um, it doesn't look that much different to no, the GameCube doesn't. game. Honestly, uh, I mean, similar. I'm probably not gonna play this. Yeah, but like, I definitely will. But it's fun that it's came it came back. Yeah, uh, it feels like a, a 
you know, it feels like a thing that should exist. It feels like Nintendo thinks it should release a sports game once every, like, 18 yeah. months. Yeah, well, and also, like, that's kind of the <laughs> other concern is, like, the other sports games they've put out have not been, Mario sports games have not been They haven't been runs. great. No. And like, they haven't been great at launch specifically yeah. because they're kind of treated almost like free-to-play games. Yeah, they're, they're a little bare bones. Yeah, they don't have many modes. They don't have yeah, many especially characters. Especially tennis. Yep. All of them have kind of been that Tennis way. Tennis and golf were like, yeah. It's... And they count on, like, releasing characters as DLC as time goes on, but I don't know. I've, I always manage to lose interest in them before those new characters or modes mm-hmm. show up. And so it doesn't pay off for me. I don't know how much they're going to try to sell this for, but it does kind of have a free-to-play vibe to it. While obviously looking nothing like a free-to-play game. It looks like full-priced, big-budget game. The production values are good. Whether you like the aesthetics or not, obviously, is up to mm-hmm. your taste. But... Um, it's good to see that, you know, the breadth of exclusive games on Switch continues to expand, but I'm not all that excited for this, sadly. Um, so and I mean, then, it's sad that, like, Mario plays all these sports and does all this activity and you just can't lose that gut. Yeah, it sounds like me. <laughs> Minus the activity. <laughs> <laughs> That's all about to change, though. You I can't eat, got, man eats pasta three meals a day. You can't do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got a bike. Uh, for Christmas, and I finally just got it and had to put it together, and, like, it has a flat tires, and I'm like, because <laughs> they don't pump them up right. when they ship it. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, how do I get the bike to pump up the tires? I have to go buy a can yeah, of buy a air pump. or something or buy a pump, yeah. I, I guess. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to be riding on my bike. I got for my birthday, and I'm getting, like, a helmet and, like, a light and all the stuff that I need for it, so I'm ready to roll. You may see me rolling up to your mm. uh, house. I'm going to be looking for places to ride here soon. Mm. So I might just be like knocking on your door. What's up, man? Biking in L.A. <laughs> Brave. Yeah, hopefully I don't get killed. Because this <laughs> is pretty dangerous riding it bikes is. in L.A. So I'll be very careful. Try to say nobody walks in L.A., but I'd rather walk than bike. Yeah, yeah. I'll try to stay on the bike lanes. We'll see how it yeah. goes. Uh, next up, Fire Emblem Warriors. Three Hopes. Three Hopes. Yeah. So it's basically a Muso game from Koei Tecmo. Yeah set in the Fire Emblem Three Houses universe. Uh, so you'll recognize some mm-hmm. characters from this. Do you cool. still play the Musou games? Um, once in a while. Like, I haven't played them in a while. I mean, honestly, I forget to turn the Switch on a lot. But mm-hmm. I do. I did like these. I do like what the, the, the Nintendo uh, Koei team-ups for these. I think uh, I liked the Fire Emblem one more than the Zelda one. Um, I certainly play it the longest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm interested in this because I did like the Three Houses characters, so that yeah. seems cool. Um, yeah, that's, it's one of those things that's kind of hard to justify at this point, though, because I know I'm going to play this for, like, four hours and then just forget. And be like, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. That's all I need from these because they get so repetitive. But so they quickly. have, like, hundreds of hours of content in the season pass and all these extra, you know, there's all this stuff. And it's kind of like, man, I wish I wish I was interested enough to do that because there's so much to do here but like it's these just the games same are thing for young players i yeah. feel like who haven't already played dynasty warriors yeah. one and who have eight. like the the patience and the free time to like just grind on this who are stuff fine just playing the again. same thing over and yeah. over like i used to be like, yeah. I, you know, I was I, exactly yeah. i was that way too when i was their age so um not necessarily for me the production values look good i like the cel-shaded look of the game um i'm probably already convinced that it's going to run like crap because mm-hmm. <laughs> they all do for whatever reason. I don't know why all Koei Tecmo's games on Switch run really poorly. I guess they're trying to do too much with the hardware or something like that. But I mean, a lot of them run poorly on the other systems, too. I think they're just yeah hard to optimize or they don't, you know, I don't know. They just always try to go too far, it seems like. Um, but yeah, this isn't a big deal for me. But like, I know if I buy this for my nieces or nephews this holiday season, they're going to be all over it. They'll love it. Um, it's coming actually June twenty fourth 
So this game just came out of nowhere and is releasing in like three months. So not long to wait for that. Kind of impressed this didn't leak. Yeah, it is kind of surprising because they usually do. Yeah. For whatever reason, there's somebody out there who knows people at like Koei Tecmo who always leaks this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, Splatoon 3, they announced the Salmon Run mode is returning. I believe that was one of the big new features for Splatoon 2. Sure. It's like a cooperative mode that you play together with like boss fights and things like that. Yeah, I, I vaguely it. remember it. I yeah. Well, the problem was if I remember correctly in Splatoon 2, it wasn't available at all times. You had to there was like a room that you went into and you had to make sure that like there were sessions happening. Mm-hmm. And like after the first couple times I did it, every time I tried to do it again, like there was no games to play. Like I don't know why you would do that. Like I don't know. Just make it available all the time. It, I don't get it. Uh but Apparently, it's a big enough deal that Nintendo decided to put out a trailer just for the return of this mode. Um, they also announced its release date, kind of, is this summer. But they didn't get any more specific than that, leaving the door open to maybe stretch it out to August if they have to. Um, are you excited about this game at all, Matt? No. Yeah. I don't care about Splatoon. I'm a big Splatoon player, but I'm really struggling to get excited for this. I just... I don't know. I don't see anything about it that means that says it should be a third game it just feels like splatoon 2.5 yeah, this, this feels like the opposite tactic of mario kart yeah absolutely i just feel like they could just add maps and some new finishers yeah i mean i guess you want to like you know make people aware like you know maybe maybe try to get more people interested you get a bigger cam- you know bigger marketing campaign if it's a full sequel with its own release but yeah whereas mario kart doesn't really need that yeah, yeah, yeah mario it's true. Kart's doing fine and look, Nintendo could totally prove me wrong if the campaign is actually good. Yeah. And it did get better in the second game. It still it still wasn't great. No, I think part of the problem with that was um, I don't think they realized until like partway through development of 2 that people even wanted that. Maybe. You know, and yeah. Because they, they felt like they were playing catch up on that a little mm-hmm. bit because some of that stuff came later. Yeah. And like, you know, is it... And I guess it, it, they weren't expecting people to get the fan base to get as attached to the characters as they Yeah, because you know? they like, are weird. Because they're not... Char- <laughs> you know, they're, bar- they're barely <laughs> characters, but like... They yeah. were embraced by the fandom, and, like, the fan art is huge, and, like, people make up their own stories with these characters. You know, the, the demand for it is very much there, the, like, yeah. narrative in that world with, with these characters. And, Nintendo, you know, Nintendo, I think they just sort of had to scramble to, like, deliver that. Yeah. And they are delivering. I mean, to their credit, they are delivering it, mm-hmm. and they're, tr- they're trying to focus on it and give the, pe- give the people what they want. Yep. Um, it's just I think they're trying to. I don't think Splatoon was ever designed to do that as a concept. Right. Like they were. Just, it was just it was like just oh, a multiplayer. Game. Yeah, multiplayer yeah. game with like cool looking designs and like you know some kind of whimsical thing and never mm-hmm. you know it was just. I don't think anyone ever expected to have to come up with lore. It's you know? weird. <laughs> it's I mean, like, the world is weird. The characters are. Yeah, strange. and like people are like like oh, there's a reason some of them are octopuses and some of them are squids and like it was like apocalypse <laughs> or something. I was like, what the heck? I, I yeah. thought it was just kids with paint guns. Like, what do you? Yeah. Do? One thing I did like about that they did with Splatoon 2, though, was they had these special events where you would choose a side, and then for, like, the next week, it was, like, mm-hmm. one side battling against the other online, and there was yeah. a tally that kept going. And That was the one of the only times I've ever played it for any length of time was when they did the Transformers one. Yeah. They did an Autobot, Autobot Decepticon one where it was, like, red and purple. Yeah. They, so. they do cool stuff like that. Yeah. And, again, I do like Splatoon. I have played both of them a lot. I still play it state. Like, I got my Switch OLED. And I didn't transfer over most of my games, but I transferred over like four, and one of them was Platoon Two. So mm-hmm. I am a fan of it. Um, but like just... I get it. I get you know, and I think it's satisfying to watch the paint spread and like mm-hmm. pop up on things. I just you know, I don't have any interest in multiplayer. Yeah. Like just and match, this one's match, so match, 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 match. Out in left field as well. It's yeah. like A lot of your skills that you acquire in other games 
do not apply to Splatoon. They just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a if you're a big Call of Duty player or whatever, you try to play Splatoon, you feel like a, a fish out of squid out of water. So um, it's a very unique product, and maybe that's why it doesn't need another one because there's still another, no other game like it. Unless I see something that's really pushing it forward, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I'll still play it because I love Splatoon. Uh, next up, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. We finally got to see mm-hmm. Kirby's Kirby being Kirby. <laughs> Inhaling stuff and transforming into the things that he inhales and, and blanketing he can inhale things. Pretty much anything in this game. Um, what do they call it? Kari, mm-hmm. the character after he inhales the car. Yeah, Carby. Carby. Yeah. yeah. It seems like you can just add a Y to the end of anything, and you, then pretty you got much. a character. Like this is really <laughs> disturbing. It is. Um, and it started a huge. Uh, trend uh, art trend on twitter he's like a meme yeah he's yeah. turned into like a thing my favorite one being uh Kaneda, uh walking up to the bike in akira and it's again uh instead of the the, the cover over the bike it's kirby <laughs> it's very well done yeah um, this game looks bonkers it really like, does just it like i don't so know if it's gonna bizarre. be any good but it's like <laughs> i don't think i cannot play this oh i'm it's definitely too playing. weird like yeah. i I'll be interested to see, too, if it's a Kirby game that actually lasts more than, like, five hours. Because most Kirby yeah. games are pretty short when it comes down to it. And this one doesn't look like that. It looks like it's going to be a big, big experience. So, um, mouthful, mouthful mode. mode. Yeah. It seems like they should have come up with an idea f- for that before this. Yeah. Seems like it should have been called something else. <laughs> like, I don't know. But it certainly adds variety to the game. Some of the mouthful I mean, it, things. Yeah, and it definitely... It does nothing to dispel the idea that Kirby is an eldritch horror. <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. <laughs> he's, you know, the, even the, the 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 bio stuff in like Smash Brothers and stuff describes him as like basically a a, a being of unlimited power. Uh-huh. And so and like he's an terrifying. Un- and it's like yeah, like a, like, <laughs> like he is he's some kind of elder thing. Look at this though. This is cool. Did you notice how the water is in full inside the balloon there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many nice little touches to this game. Look at that. He's got like a little space in the top there. Yeah. You can see you can see through him a little bit, yeah. which is it's even cool. more disturbing. Yeah. It is. <laughs> so I'm I would argue that this trailer may be more excited for the game because it basically just shows you that there's going to be a nice variety yeah. in the gameplay. And it's not just like another another Kirby game except now he's in like overgrown ruins. It's right. like it's like, "Oh, you're doing some some new." I mean, they always do something new, but this is they're really leaning into the weird on this mm-hmm. one in a way that, like, Nintendo often doesn't. Yeah. Um, it feels like the sequel to the Luigi Death Stare. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of picking up online in the same way with memes and like, I, and I stuff. like that they're embracing the whole idea of, like, you know, Kirby is, like, one of their most adorable, like, mascot characters. But, like, when you stop and think for a second, it's just like, oh. Yeah, like, what? it's uh, horrifying. Yeah, and, like, they're really, you know, like, that, like the fact that he's, like, kind of laying over that car and his feet are on the bottom, it's just like, it's like, yeah. oh, what the, but he's still got the eyes, and you're like, oh, that's cute. It's like, yep. the, the dissonance of that actually really works in a weird way. Yeah, um, I'm excited, I'm way more excited for this now, after this trailer, yeah. than I was like, before I, it. Like, if, like, I think Kirby is the last Nintendo character you would want to face in combat. Probably. Like, he would kill you. Like, well, he would, he you would have no chance. You. What would you even do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Like, I'm not saying it'd be easy to beat Samus or Link, but at least they can be beaten. Well, the catch, exactly. Well, the catch is if he inhales you and he turns into you. Where do you go? Right. <laughs> it's so trippy. <laughs> it's great. And uh, what, is there a difference if he spits you out and if he swallows you? Right. Because if he swallows you, 
where what, do you where go? you go to some abyss somewhere? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, because he's a <laughs> he's a portal to the 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 fucking somewhere. dark dimension. It's like a, it's some Doctor Strange shit. But yeah. he shows up in that movie. Yeah, I'm way more excited for this Kirby now than I was, and I think that's yeah. mission accomplished. Like I'm that's convinced Kirby's just hiding his tentacles. Yeah, and here's the kicker, Matt. It comes out on March 25th. Yeah, coming so right up. It's literally like a month away. Uh, so not long to wait for that one. Uh, next up, bit of a pleasant surprise, Earthbound mm-hmm. coming to Switch for the Super the, the Super Nintendo and the uh, NES one, yep. which has never been released in yeah. English before. Are you an Earthbound fan? I liked it. I mean, I'm you not subscribed to the whole mania around Earthbound. No, but yeah. I liked Earth. I mean, I played Earthbound. Um, I played it late, actually. I played it when. Um, I worked at uh, I worked at West Coast Video in the summer of '95, and they had uh, they had a, uh, a copy of it that they basically they were starting to close out their Super Nintendo rental section because yeah. uh, the new systems were about to come out. PlayStation was on the horizon, and uh, the old games just weren't renting like they did. And that was and they kind of did a fire sale of them. So I got Earth, I, you know, kind of a beat up copy of Earthbound, but it was a copy of Earthbound. I also got Actraiser two and a bunch of, mm-hmm. and I'd never played it before. So I played it and like uh, it was good. Like it was it was I, it was not what I expected. Like it's definitely, you know, the, the I will say you go back to the um, like the magazine ads and stuff for this game. One of the worst ad campaigns mm-hmm. in Nintendo's history. Like I mean, it doesn't it tell you anything hit. about what the game was. It yeah, was, it wasn't a big hit when it came out. It's become more popular yeah. over time. Well, because I think anyone who really ran into it or found it or sought it out or pl- really played it uh, in the '90s, like, found this really unique, weird. Um, yeah, it has a sensibility that nothing else had at the time, mm-hmm. um, and arguably still doesn't. Uh, and the first, I've never played uh, the first one. Um, so I'd be I'd be interested to play that one. Although I don't know how well that holds. NES games don't don't always hold up anymore for me. Um, but I would play this again. I would play the Super Nintendo one again. And I, I you know this does seem to maybe bode well for the possibility of Mother Mother Three coming here one day. Yeah, um, which everybody's been asking since. That's the one everyone wants. forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's bizarre how many things come here from Nintendo that like nobody asked for. Yeah, but like, the stuff that they're asking for. Mother Three, everybody wants. Like- yeah. I know it's like pulling teeth to get the stuff people actually want half the time. Yeah, um, like certainly, I think if you are a fan of, um, uh, oh, the game went out of my title went out of my brain. The the yeah, the indie game that everybody loved that uh, was like the the where you could kill everything or not kill anything. Like the, it was like an R, like an RPG action thing. Uh, there's a flower, evil flower, band of the U, mm. Undertale. Thank oh. you. Undertale. Okay. Um, yeah, I think Undertale is definitely uh, Earthbound inspired. Seems that way. A very similar, it's got a similar vibe to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sleeping psychologist says it's a cash grab. It's not a cash grab. It is well. It depends on your perspective. I guess it's a cash grab if you don't already subscribe to the to Nintendo, Nintendo Switch Online. Online. Yeah. Yeah, because it launched on the day of the direct, and if you're a Nintendo Switch Online subscriber, it's free. Um, so maybe it's a cash grab trying to get people to subscribe to Nintendo Switch Online. Um, at the very least, maybe trying to manipulate fans to do that. Uh, next up, an update to Metroid Dread. And it offers two new difficulty settings. A really easy one and an impossible one. Mm-hmm. The impossible one, one hit and you die. I <laughs> Just shoot me. Yep, nope. <laughs> Not doing that. Uh, I do think it's a good idea um, in general to 
have more accessibility options. I think there's a lot of maybe kids who got Metroid Dread for Christmas mm-hmm. who played it for an hour and was like, oh, crap, like... I don't know yeah, if I can make it through this. It's not a big change. You know, basically just health pickups give you more health. Yeah. Like it's not a, you know, it's not going to help you. It's not baby you, mode. No, it's not going to help you, like, if you're getting killed by uh, a boss over and over. You still got to yeah. get good at it. You still got to learn the patterns and all that stuff. Um, the Yeah, the dread mode is just like, nope. Yep. No, no need for that. I mean, no I'm way. Sure, I'm sure there's speedrunners are going to love it or whatever. Somebody but. will play it. I'm not one of them. No. That's, a, that's, that's for the Twitch, the Twitch streamers, basically. Yep. And then in April, and that update's available right now, and then in April, a boss rush mode is coming to the game, mm-hmm. um, which is a cool addition. I guess, but how many of those things can you fight? Is right. Because there, there aren't even that many different No, bosses. that's the thing. Is like, it's just like, okay, you're going to fight a bunch of the Chozo robot guys. Right. And like, there's, like, you know, there's like four unique bosses, and then it was just those soldiers over and over yeah. again. Like, I was tired of fighting. The, the last, like, third of that game feels like a boss rush. It does. Yeah. Because you are, and they are very similar. It feels like yeah. you're fighting the same bosses over and over again. Because you are. Yeah. Come on, different weapons, but it's just the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but if it does make it accessible to more people and more people give it a spin, that's a good thing. Um, I don't know if it's going to invigorate sales of the game, ultimately. The game no. did well, but didn't sell gangbusters. No. Three I mean, million in a, sold- with a console that has a hundred and some million install. Yeah, Less than 3%. Should have made something better. Saturation there. So that's not great, but... We'll see how Prime 4 does. Once again, unmentioned. Oh, yeah. yeah. Still MIA. No Zelda in this. No, I think Prime Prime 4 is almost certainly next system. I think I don't think we're seeing that until the next it's system. It's pretty crazy that it was advertised for Switch, and here we are, what, Yeah, like, right, right, right at the very beginning. <laughs> it's... I mean, they did have to start over. They did. Know. Yeah, but do you think the average person knows that? No. Like, no. Like, also, the average person doesn't know it exists, so... You don't think? No. I mean, they put the average it in person do- doesn't find out about any of this stuff until it happens. Yeah, they, they, they don't, don't watch, watch Nintendo Directs. No. They definitely don't watch this show. So, yeah, you're right. The most of them are pretty much out of the loop. Uh, next up, Advance Wars One Plus Two Reboot Camp. I'm all over this, Matt. Yeah, this looks. This is fun. This is going to make my Switch sit on my couch for months and months. It's going to be the thing that I'm doing while when football mm-hmm. season kicks off in September. This game will still be sitting in my Switch on my couch while I watch football as something to play. Yeah. And it's, like the fact that it has like the undo turn thing mm-hmm. is like, Oh yeah, that's going to, that, cause that's going to take all the stress off of me. Yep. Trying to like, you know, cause I will do that all the time. I'm not turn-based strategy is not my forte. Uh, sometimes I will just not see how close someone is to being able to shoot me in the next turn. And I've lost a lot of, a lot of matches. A lot, I've lost a lot of levels of this game because I just didn't pay attention to where the, the range of the next, enemy was yeah and this will definitely help with that uh i'm i'm not a turn-based person (laughs) i'll put it to you this way i started playing expeditions rome because this week was bereft of game releases Mm -hmm. and i started playing expeditions rome and i got about an hour and a half into that game and i was like no moss (laughs) I i can't do it it it's insane it is the most insane turn-based strategy RPG I've played. And I figured that out in the span of, like, 45 minutes, that it was, like, way more than I was planning mm-hmm. to take on. Um, and if you don't care about – it's it's historically accurate for the most part. If you don't care about, like, the history of Rome, which I care about a little bit, not enough to really enjoy yeah. <laughs> Expeditions Rome, apparently. Um, I tried – uh, I just could not do it. I was like, I can't. And I could also see that it was going to be a game that was like 80 hours long. And I was just like, I got 
this other stuff I need to play. Mm-hmm. I got all these other games coming in here in the next like couple days. I got Horizon coming. I got Elden Ring coming. I can't dive into a 90-hour turn-based strategy RPG right now. Uh, but by all accounts and reviews, if you are a history buff and you do like the history of Rome and you do like turn-based strategy RPGs, it's scoring very well. So hmm. I'll just say that, although I'm probably not going to end up covering it here on the show in full because there's just too much that's more important that's coming up here. Um, Advanced Wars 1 plus 2. What's the release date for that again? Uh, Got to hear my notes. April 8th. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I not feel long like that was that originally either. said to be like December last year. I thought when they first announced that it was going to be last year. Uh, there are many games it. that Nintendo announces that take a long time to come out anymore. Mm. I mean, it usually does this. It yeah. announces a game, and within two months, except they're... Zelda. Yeah, except Zelda. <laughs> and Zelda's... I think Zelda's, Metroid. Well, I think Zelda's more because like you have to tell people that's coming, or they're just going to yell at you forever. Yeah, you know? they'll just keep hounding you about it. Um, it does have voice acting. That's a, a, a big change from the original handheld versions of advanced mm-hmm. wars which is pretty pretty big deal i, mean, I think it's good like you know those are two, i mean those are both really good games there's also the the ds the first ds one i liked a lot but i think black hole rising is probably my favorite of the series i don't know i made it all the way through the first one i think i made it probably three quarters of the way through black hole rising mm-hmm. um, but like i said i was traveling a lot then and that's what i used it for when i would fly on planes i would play it a lot it's great for that type of stuff because it's turn-based you can just put it down mm-hmm. close the shell back in the day yeah. and i then- mean for me i was using i think at the time the main thing i used for that was um fire emblem mm-hmm. the gba fire emblem stuff serves the same purpose absolutely yep. uh there's a couple other details about advanced because i couldn't get shining force that's what- <laughs> Uh, let's see. There's a war room where you go for high scores. Um, you can create and carry just, uh, custom maps in the design room. And most importantly, you can battle friends on online multiplayer. That's a thing I'll never do. You don't think you will? No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm going to know anyone other than you who gets this game anyway. Really? So. No. Are you guys interested in uh, Advanced Wars? I bet I they are, but like most of the people I know are not turn-based players. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just, I do wonder if our audience cares about it because it is an old franchise that people like mm-hmm. you and I know about and really have a lot of reverence for, but it's been gone for a while. Yeah, it really uh, vanished mm-hmm. uh, for reasons I don't fully understand. I don't either because these games are still doing well. Yeah. And it feels like a pretty obvious adaptation to maybe even like the, the Dynasty Warriors format. Yeah. You could do something with that. Yeah. I mean, if you were a fan of Three Houses, Fire Emblem Three Houses, that style of gameplay, you're getting the same thing. It's 2D, and it's cute, and it's chibi, uh, but the actual strategy underneath the hood is very much the same. Um, so if you enjoyed that, you might want to keep an eye on Advance Wars. Um, Vincent says, Advance Wars never sold well in Japan for various reasons. Hmm. Okay. Some people are saying that they like it. So we're not completely on an island. Actually, a lot of people are. Okay. Go buy it. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, next, MLB The Show 22, Matt. <laughs> mm. Sony's baseball game. It used to be Sony's exclusive baseball yeah. game. Now it's just like, please take our baseball yeah. game. Yeah. Last year they released it for Xbox. It ended up being like top 20 best-selling game of the year after mm. they did that. Now it's coming to Switch. And I have to admit, it doesn't look terrible on no, Switch. it looks all right. I mean, look, at this point, it's, just, it's sort of like, oh, does anyone like baseball? It <laughs> Whatever, I don't. We don't care where you play it. It's just, just please take our baseball game. Like, it is um, very weird because Nintendo used to own the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, Nintendo used to be big on the baseball. It had Ken Griffey Baseball, which was its exclusive baseball yep. franchise that it created in house. Angel Studios, I think, was the mm-hmm. developer of that mm-hmm. back in the day. Before they uh, 
figured out that video compression method that let the N64 run video. Right. And yeah, then that's they, right. And then they became like, oh, you're going to do this forever. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. Like, you're going to make they, Resident Evil 2. Yeah, yeah, they worked on that with Capcom. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. That's true. And then they got the first 64 gigabit cart mm-hmm. for RE2, I believe. Yep. Um, but yeah, Angel Studios built those games, and um, there hasn't really been a lot of baseball franchises on Nintendo consoles since. No, or anything. Or anything, so, really. Yeah. yeah, this is kind of the only baseball game in town. Certainly if you want the actual teams. Yeah, yeah. if you want up-to-date rosters and stadiums and all that stuff. Um, it looks pretty good in this trailer. I'm sure they've cherry-picked a lot of the footage for this trailer. We'll see yeah. what it looks like when we actually run it on your Switch. Right, right. We'll, uh, see, what, we'll see what docked mode looks like. Exactly. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but still, it's good. Uh, baseball simulation is coming to Nintendo Switch, created by PlayStation. What a world we're living in, man. Mm-hmm. It really is bizarre. But awesome. Like, I love this. It's great that these companies are finally starting to realize that some things are better shared with everybody um next up triangle strategy dumbest name ever for a video game it feels like somebody just didn't want to change it's like how we ended up with x-play right Right. just nobody changed their working (laughs) title and it suddenly was too late and we just went with that you know like marketing had already made stuff so we just got to go with it yeah like and then you know what in the end it didn't matter no none of us really liked that name no it was and it's literally just a shortening of extended play yeah the old show's And name. we're like, but we want to break away from that. We're reworking the show. We're recreating yeah. the show. Why would we call it the same thing? Or just wouldn't we want a name that means something? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it didn't matter in the no, end. No, Just matter. like the name we didn't matter in the end. And everyone right. was freaking out about that when they found out, making dick jokes about it mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like, that didn't matter in the end either. So, yeah. I uh, Project Triangle Strategy, now Triangle Strategy. And this is also a strategy RPG. We can't get enough of these, apparently. Um, well, this team seems to do one thing and one thing very well. So. Yeah. And there's a demo of this right now up on mm-hmm. the Switch eShop as well. It's like the first three chapters yeah. of the game. Substantial. And yeah. the save carries over. Yeah. So. And the save carries over to the final game. So if you give it a try, Just you like, like they it. did with, um, what's it called? The, the other one. I can't remember game titles today. Because the, the O, you know. Octo, Octopath, Octopath Traveler. Traveler. Yeah. yeah. There are other games all look alike, too. Same yeah, art they def- style. It's all the same art style. But I, I like the art style. I think I like yeah, it. it's unique. It's Nothing got a else. Final Fantasy Tactics look to it. Nothing it's else looks nice, like it. It's nice. In 2022, anyway. Yeah. Many day, many moons ago, a lot of stuff looked like it, though. Yeah, it's, it's got a... That's that's a PS1 era like throwback look I can get behind. Yeah. And if you do play the demo, download the demo on the eShop, and you like it, the full game launches on March 4th. So you don't have to wait too long to actually play the full thing. And as Matt said... Your saves will transfer over to the full game, so you're not going to lose any time if you decide to do that. Next up, maybe one of the maybe the biggest surprise, although I know you don't like this game, so it probably didn't make an impact with you. But Chrono Cross: The Radical Dreamers mm-hmm. Edition, and this isn't just a Switch game. This is coming to other platforms as well. Now, this was this was interesting to me because it does actually include Radical Dreamers, mm-hmm. um, which is a text-based uh, adventure game, basically that. Um, honestly, Chrono Cross is more of a follow-up to that than Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it, when Chrono Cross originally came out, there was a bunch of like stuff where like, you know where people were like, "What is all this?" Like there was a bunch of references to it, and like kind of takes place in a similar kind of situation in the world. And like there were people, you know, people who, who had played the Japanese one, uh, Radical Dreamers, were like posting like summaries of it to explain to people who were trying to get into Chrono Cross, like what the, what was going on and like, mm-hmm. what what you know the, the relation to that. So including it in this, if you're going to do an actual like update, like complete edition of Chrono Cross, including Radical Dreamers is absolutely necessary, I think. And mm-hmm. it's good that they're doing that. I do still hate this game, but like 
Um, I think they are doing it up the way they need to do it. Yep. Uh, which actually kind of surprises me because Square has been a little lazy in their their updates of the of their PS One era games until they were held to task on it. And now you know they did nine was better and or eight was better rather. And um, now I guess they're doing this the right way. So cool. Like I don't ever want to play it, but uh, I'm glad they're they're gonna finally give like a complete experience to people who do like the game. I do wonder how many people are gonna you know like fell in love with this game when they were like ten. And are going to play it now and be like, wait a minute, this is crap. <laughs> this may be a game better left to the nostalgia goggles, but uh, we'll see. It sounds like they're doing a music good job still on great, it, at least. Oh yeah, they're, they're like they are doing it up the way they need to do it up. Like I'm, like even as someone who hates this game, I I, I think looking at that, I'm like, okay, so you're giving it the respect it deserves, mm-hmm. you know, like, which some of their other stuff has not. Yep, that's coming on April seventh. I'm sure um, it'll cost more than it should, but probably you know, that's been true of all their remastered stuff. And it is multi-platform. Um, just to let you know, you'll be able to get it on other consoles. You don't have to own a Switch. Um, and then at that point, it really went into third-party support. Mm-hmm. And I will say some of the stuff was pleasantly surprising. Um, Portal Companion Collection is coming. Um, Weird. The only console left to not have Portal at this point has got to be Switch. Um, and it's a great game. I can't imagine too many people haven't played either, either or both of the Portals at this point. Even Pactor has played both portals. Yes. <laughs> but if you haven't, uh, you can now play it on the go on your Switch, although you can play it on the go right now if you have a Steam Deck, I guess. Whoever has that. Yeah, yeah, I haven't really seen a whole lot of those out in the wild or people talking about them. I know they're shipping them in, like, batches or whatever, so yeah. a lot of people haven't got them yet. But um, you would think there'd be more noise about it. Like, the hardcore tech influencers have been doing coverage of it because Valve sent them Steam Decks. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen a lot from the traditional gaming press, really. Um, but, yeah, Steam Deck's out there now for people who ordered and got them in that first wave. And you can play Portal on the go on that, or you can wait and play it on Switch. What is the release date for this? I don't know. It's just Oh, it just has a generic 2022. <sighs> they don't have a hard date for it yet. Uh, but I do love both games. Uh, these things take time. Yeah. A game that's... How old is Portal now? Uh, Portal was from 12, 2007. 13, so Portal, 14. Portal's 15 years 15. old. I can't count or do math. Wow. That's crazy, Matt. Portal, Portal is as old as Doom was when Portal came out. Wow. Basically. That's trippy. Still, no other game like it. No. Still feels very fresh and innovative to yeah. play. Also very frustrating at times. Yeah, but also, like, I mean... Very rewarding when you finally figure it out. I mean, the trick is that, like, you can't really duplicate... The, 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 it's, it's not like it's a difficult concept to be like, oh, I get what... But, like, you have to have a, a level of skill mm-hmm. as a game designer to make this and make it fun. And, like, that ain't easy. No. I feel like these levels may have been dev- designed in reverse. It could have been, yeah. Sometimes when you do things like that, trying to fig- create complex puzzles, it makes it easier to go backwards to do it yeah um but anyway i don't i don't have the mind for that it's crazy that we're talking about portal and portal 2 in uh, february of 2022 (laughs) but that's what happens when you uh when you're talking about nintendo next up you just need content yeah pretty much and here's another shocker to me matt no man's sky yeah coming to switch only six years later but i can't even imagine what this game is going to look like or play like I don't know. I looks okay. Well, this is actually not No Man's Sky on Switch. This oh. is just well, no the Man- video that they ran on the direct looked, looked okay. okay. Yeah, I was surprised how well. I don't know. It felt like they didn't show elements of the game that would 
Tippett's hand mm. as far as how it looks. Um, I don't know. Everything is a lot of stuff is so randomly generated in that game. I just wonder how that's all going to work with the Switch. I mean, to be fair, it doesn't always work with the other. That's true. Either, that's so. a good point. And it definitely didn't work at first when it came out on the other platforms. I mean, it's a it's a real nice looking game now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, it's probably gonna, you're probably not going to have the bells and whistles and the ray tracing. You know, you know uh-huh. it, it looks real nice on PS5, uh-huh. but like. And PC, but like, yeah, it's not gonna look like that. But I bet it'll look like you know, roughly like you know, it did on the PS4. You think? Yeah, like, I, I, Hello Games been working on this for a long time. I don't think they'd release it if it was. Yeah, they learned their lesson. <laughs> like, they're not gonna release it until it's in some kind of. State. I always think everyone learns their lessons, and then I find out that they did not. I I think uh, <laughs> Hello I think Games Sean did. learned it. Yeah, they yeah. definitely did, and we're rewarded for sticking with it. Yeah, ultimately. Like this is, so. yeah, and they're still putting stuff out for this thing. I know it's still new content. Coming I think out. that was the plan all along, though. Yeah, which is why they were like, you know what, we've got to fix this. We can't yeah. just leave it the way it is because we have this huge plan for this game that's supposed to support our studio for the next decade mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, and then also, but I also like that there's you know they've they've admitted that some of the uh, some of the updates were like someone like came up with this idea in a meeting about our next update and was like what if we did this and we're like oh that's more interesting let's do that now so yeah. like because they, they, they're a small and agile enough team that they can just yeah. decide to pivot. work on something else and yeah. like so they've done that a few times and I think that's cool like they have built this thing out into a very special thing yep um, and I saw that potential when it came out. obviously you know, I I love that that was my game of the year that year still yeah. just because I played it forever. And now it's much, much, much better. Yeah, way better. Um, it's more like a game now instead of a yeah. toy. Yeah, and it can still be a toy if you want yeah. it to be. But it can also there's like there's narrative to it. There's a really disturbing story in this thing, like similar to Kirby. Um, this it, you know, it delves <laughs> into cosmic horror and the nature of identity and the nature of being and 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 reality and whether we're you know because like everyone kind of realizes that they're in a simulation because you are kind of playing a, a a traveler who is in a simulated universe and everyone in the universe kind of has figured out that they're in a simulation and nothing right. matters and it's like and it's all through like very like kind of subtle things and like and it's it's basically a cosmic horror story yeah and yeah. i'm like that's not what you expect from that cover with the bright <laughs> spaceship and the rainbow over the thing. It was like, all right. Like. Yep. That one is also just has a generic summer release date. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Cuphead coming to Switch. And everything. Right? Yeah. Which, yeah, And everything. Also a poorly I mean, this was really good. But. Yeah. Cuphead TV show launches on Friday, I believe, mm-hmm. on Netflix. Reviews for that have been up and down. Yeah. I mean, it's an acquired taste, I think. Yeah. Um, would you play Cuphead again, Matt? Um... Probably not. not. I wouldn't. Like, <laughs> That's another one of those. Especially games. since like the new, the new DLC is sort of like it's just like here's even harder stuff. I'm like, no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I was okay with what you had before. Yeah. I like that they're adding the, a female cup. Um, yeah, that's fun. I would play a new one, but I would not play Cuphead one again. Yeah, I've I, I, made I might it play. And I <laughs> might play like co-op with someone else who hadn't played it. Yeah, but like just go through it again on my own for now. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do like how it looks, and but I just watch a video like, at yeah, that point. Yeah. I, I'll watch a video of someone who just knows how to do it perfectly, it basically. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest of the games I'm going to go through very quickly because they're smaller things. But if anything catches your ear and you want to talk about it, let me know, Matt. Star Wars The Force Unleashed, Assassin's Creed, the Ezio Collection, um, a new Taiko drum game, and I'm going to totally butcher this name, Taiko no Tasujin Rhythm Festival, um, 
live a live live alive live alive i guess is how live alive is a is an intro i'm that i never thought we'd see a western release of that that's interesting people Um, been waiting a long time for that yeah i honestly wasn't that aware of it before i'm i mean i'm aware of it in the sense that people used to talk about it on like usenet Mm -hmm. back in the day (laughs) about how like oh if you don't import things and play stuff in japanese you're never going to experience this the best rpg ever kind of thing it's Uh, like it's not it's it's cool but especially back then but like it was one of the it was one of the games that like import players like held over the heads of people who did not play stuff in Japanese. Yeah. It, was, it was it was one of those like status games and it's just inter- like it's interesting that they're bringing out over here and like I'm like we still don't have Mother 3. Yeah. Like, like you really put, you're putting this thing out and it's like I mean not that that's a bad thing like it's a cool game. Like it's yeah. it's cool that they're doing that, but no one like the the people that recognize that game's title were just like they're all our age and they all don't matter as yeah. a demographic so i'm just like i don't know who that's for but i'm <laughs> glad they're doing it Whatever. they're throwing us a bone um <laughs> then there are remakes of the first two front mission games that's cool like i'm glad that's because i've never played those yeah because they never came here they never they're released in the west yep uh then there's a collection of klonoa games which is a weird 3d platformer franchise um, and then oh yeah, actually, Mr. Starwalker makes a good point on the Force Unleashed. Th- that is the Wii version of Force Unleashed. Oh great, up, up rezzed, which is terrible. <laughs> like I don't particularly like Force Unleashed already, but the Wii version was just like oh, like it's just ugh. Yeah. Why? Um, then there's Getsu Fumiden, SD Gundam Battle Alliance. The entire Kingdom Hearts catalog is coming via the Nintendo Switch. The cloud. cloud. That's that's up already. Apparently, it's terrible. I'm, it's, it's unplayable. It's a cloud game. Like, yeah, of course it is. Also, like, that game, like, Kingdom Hearts 2's combat with a couple seconds of lag added. Wow, that sounds great. <laughs> awesome. Like, what That's the what the hell? doctor ordered. Yeah. Uh, but look, this is all filler because these, all this stuff is coming before the halfway point of the year as well. Yeah. Um, there's also Disney Speedstorm, which is a mobile kart racer that's mm-hmm. coming to Switch. It actually looks really good. I don't know how it plays. Yeah. But graphically, it looks. Pretty pretty impressive, I, I I would say anyway, um, and that's it, and that's a lot, that's all all this stuff except yeah, for that's a, a couple. solid first half of the year. Yeah, um, so if you're worried, if you're a Switch owner, you're like, man, what am I even playing? I don't know about anything. Now you do, and there's a lot. There's plenty. Yeah, there's coming. definitely no there's no drought here, even you know, because sometimes Nintendo has that in the kind of the late stages of their system. Yeah, they sort of stop putting stuff. Out of I mean, maybe you don't care about all this stuff, but it's there's certainly a full release calendar here. Even third parties. Yeah, which. Even with very Switch. unusual, like yeah. first time in like four generations, really. Right? Yeah, this late in the game yeah. to get third party support like that—that that just shows third you- party support of reels. You know, the Wii had third party support, but it was all that stupid party game crap. Yeah, it was gone after the first three years. Yeah, we would never got anything like this from GameCube, from no. Wii, from any of them. No, really. you're a long way from like kind of the, the cursory like we'll put like some weird version of Arkham City on mm-hmm. the, the Wii U launch or something, yep. and then never look at you again. Yeah, that's the way it was for a long time. So. Everything's changed with the Switch. It's just been a boon for both Nintendo and for players. It's just, it's a great platform. And it's going to continue to be great, even as we sit and wait and hope for the sequel to it. Um, oh, Vincent says, strangely, Speedstorm isn't a mobile game. I thought for sure that was a mobile game, that it started as a mobile game, a free-to-play mobile game, and it was ported to Switch. Uh, huh. I've never heard of it, if it was. Interesting. I play no mobile games, so I've read that somewhere. Someone must have misreported it because I've never. I think it was it. a mobile game developer, and I don't play mobile games. So yeah, uh, Vincent says it's a, it's a mobile developer, but it's not a mobile game. Interesting. Okay. So I guess they're branching out. Yep. And Congrim One says a bunch of ports, mostly. Yep, you're mm-hmm. right, and a bunch of old ports. Ancient. Some of these games Some of these are, are really old. freaking old. Um, 
But still, here's the thing, though. Like, more than any other platform, there are Nintendo fans who never get other platforms. Yeah. Who have never had the opportunity to buy or play Portal 1 or 2. So, it's, um, it's, the Nintendo audience is different. And you're right. A lot of these ports are old, but Mm -hmm. you watch, they'll probably sell pretty well. The age of them is, like, so, like, like, No Man's Sky is six Mm -hmm. years old this August. Right. Probably about when it's coming out of you know, it was, you know it was six years old when No Man's Sky came out? Mass Effect 2. <laughs> that puts it in perspective yeah. for sure. Yep. Uh, but still, weird. again, this is a rarity for a Nintendo platform. And yeah. I hope Nintendo can keep this momentum with the next one and it can keep doing this and actually have software support past year 3.5. Yeah. Although I do encourage them to uh, make the next system a little more powerful. Agreed. I think everyone, everyone like, agrees with that. Like, it has to be at It doesn't least- have to be PS5, but like... PS4 Pro with a little extra juice, maybe. Xbox One X. Yeah. It needs to be there. Yeah. It won't be. It probably won't be. (laughs) That's what it should be. Because they're going to, you know, they're going to do this again. Yeah. It's going to be another Switch. Yeah. So you can only fit so much hardware into Mm -hmm. that little form factor, unless they can maybe offload some of the hardware into the dock or something. That or like offer, you know, I would absolutely buy a non portable version that was more powerful. Me too. I think a lot. Of, I think most people would. Most adults would. Yeah. But. But yeah. enough people do use the portable function that it seems like that's where the bread is buttered. Yeah, it's fifty-fifty so. at least. Yeah. So. You I gotta probably, make. I probably. I say it's probably more than that. At this in, point, in probably. In favor of, of using the portable. I know that I am an outlier in terms of like having yeah. never used it portable. Yeah. Um, especially since now that the Switch Lite is out there, where literally you can only play it in handheld yeah. mode. So you're probably right. The numbers have probably bumped up to where handheld is more popular yeah. than dock but i'm just saying like i know the architecture is different but like i feel like my phone is more powerful than a switch feels like it so sometimes. i know i'm right there with if you, you can fit it in there you can fit yep. yeah okay it's time to move on we spent way more time on that than i even thought and i knew it was going to take a while because again the event was so big but we got to move on we're going to talk next about a game that i played this week that may be the worst game i've played in five years and that game is crossfire x it is a first-person shooter for Xbox Series, Xbox One. It was supposed, it was actually shown at the debut of Xbox Series, and it was mm-hmm. bandied about as. So this, this is the one that was huge in Korea, right? Yes, it's been huge in Korea for years. Yeah, it's a free-to-play shooter in Korea that is bigger than like Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. It just has a massive amount of players. It's a PC game before it was. It was a PC game before this. And they've ported it over to Xbox, made some changes, and it is just abysmal. It I it can't even do the fundamentals right. It's funny watching this trailer now because playing this game is nothing like watching this trailer. It's it first of all, the Korean version, as I said, is just a free-to-play multiplayer shooter. It doesn't have a campaign, the PC version. This is supposed to have a campaign, and it does that was created by Remedy, of all developers. So you'd be like, oh, okay, Remedy created a first-person shooter franchise uh, campaign. It's If you play this on Game Pass, they, it, you can't play the campaign. It's mm. broken. The game's been out for days now. And if you're a Game Pass subscriber... So it's actually supposed to be... It's not like it's the campaign's coming later. It's just like the no, campaign's supposed to be there and it doesn't be, work. It's there. You can select it in the menu screen. It just never actually launches. Wow. It just sits there. And I can't I can't recall that being a thing. No, uh, it's before. split into That's two bizarre. parts. If you're a Game Pass subscriber, you're supposed to be able to play the first half of the campaign for free, and you cannot play it. Still, you can huh. buy it, but you can't play it for free. And they're there. Like you can play the campaign if you want to spend money. 
And I think they're like $8.99 per half of the campaign. But if you go on Game Pass where you're supposed to get the first half of the campaign for free, it's still not there. I have no idea why they can't turn yeah. it on. Yeah, that feels like a switch you should be able to just flip. <laughs> it's insane. And the developers are on Twitter every day saying, oh, we're working on it. I'm like, what do you mean you're working on it? It should take an hour to yeah. get it to work. Because like, if, if you buy it, you can just play. It works yeah. that way. Okay, yeah. so like, yeah, it feels like that should just be a flip. Oh, there are re- reviews for the campaign out there. And it, the reviews say it's abysmal. Oh, uh, Sleeping Psychologist says it's fixed now. I just tried it yet last night. He said he played the campaign for free today. It's fixed. Wow. So today right. it finally fixed. Yeah. Yeah. So today they finally fixed it. I just I tried to play it last night at 11 p.m. And it wouldn't work. So... Thank you. <laughs> they finally got it to fire off in uh, Game Pass. Um, Sleeping Psychologist, are you playing it on Game Pass? He says on Series X. Right, but is he playing it on Game Pass, or did he just buy it? Well, he it? said he played it for free. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I played it for free today. Okay, cool. Well, that's good to know. Um, I spent a good amount of time with the multiplayer. I am pretty well-versed in shooters like this. I would argue it's a cross between... Counter-Strike and Call of Duty, um, which you would think, oh, wow, that sounds like probably a smart move. The problem is is that the whole thing is just flipping broken. Um, There are six modes in the game, and Matt, every mode is only playable on one map. Hmm. One map, and there's only five maps. So two of the modes are only playable on one map, the same map. The, where do I even begin with this? The modes are all pretty generic. There's capture and hold, there's search and destroy, there's team deathmatch. I mean, of the modes, they are pretty much the most common ones. So most people will play it and won't be like, oh, there's something missing. And then they do try to do something goofy with one of the modes and it's just abysmal. Um, Matt, (laughs) this is crazy. When you're aiming down sights in this game, gun the guns snap out of aiming down sight. Huh? Yes. Without letting off the trigger that makes you aim down the sights, the gun will pop out of aim down sights. That seems like a problem. It's a gigantic problem. It just happened oh, there right it there. Was. Yeah. yeah. I- <laughs> and when it does that, you're aiming somewhere else right. when it pops out. That's well, weird, too. That's just the beginning of the problem. The, the aiming in this is abysmal. It is herky-jerky all over the place. I went into the options and tried to turn down all the sensitivities, and it didn't matter. It really, it actually made it worse trying to change the settings in for the aiming and the acceleration on the Mm. aim, uh, aim sensitivity. I tried to tweak all that stuff. I never got it to a place where I felt like I could actually aim, like ever. The game, the multiplayer, just like for PC, is free to play. Anybody can jump in and play it, and most Developers at this point have figured out, you know what? I can't really make a game play to win or people aren't going to play it. Oh, they said screw that with this game. People who have been playing this game for a long time have guns that can take you down with one shot that aren't sniper rifles from like 200 yards. So if you're willing to pay for new weapons, then the other thing too is the unlocks are glacially slow. Mm. I leveled up the first time. I got nothing, Matt. Nothing. What game, what shooter, when you level up your first time, gives you nothing? None. 
They're, it's because they, if smart design, you want it to give the player something so they yeah, learn. You, you need to give them oh, a carrot. This is how I get stuff. I level up, and even if they just gave me like a new site or something stupid that doesn't matter that much, at least it sends the message to the player that hey, if I do this, I get this. But all of that is just completely out of the waterness. Like all the fundamentals of game design. Uh, first-person shooter gameplay, none of it applies. It's if I just, I felt like I was a fish out of water, and I play shooters way too much. That's uh-huh. just bizarre. Oh my gosh, the game is broken up into two playlists. One is like modern, and the other is classic. And there's really no difference between the two. I haven't been able to tell the difference between what the playlists are supposed to be. Like it seemed like in the classic, they had team deathmatch tucked in there. I guess that's classic. I don't know. Like, in the modern playlist, it had, like, control, basically, which is in every freaking shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some modes in it where you get one life, and if you die, like Counter-Strike, you have to sit and you have to watch the match. Watching other people play it made me realize that it wasn't just me, that the game is just total and complete crap. Um, the menus are all goofy. Like, the menus are built for someone using a mouse, and... So it basically you just control the cursor with one of your analog sticks. The menus are different from one screen to the next. So on the main screen, it's like a tiled type thing that you select using the cursor. And then you go to the next screen and it's something completely different. Matt, accepting, this is hilarious, accepting the privacy agreement. I couldn't do it. (laughs) It took me, and I was recording footage. So that's how I know how long it took me. It took me four minutes to accept the privacy statement because you get to the end of the privacy mm-hmm. statement and the 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 continue box would not highlight. So I had to hold down the right stick all all the way down and then use my other finger to hit the select to continue. The, wow. It is so bad. <laughs> it, I, it's what trips me up is that this was promoted at like the debut of Xbox Series X. And that trailer that we saw at the first, it looks pretty good in that trailer. And then you start playing it, and you realize it is just trash. Complete and total trash. I will say this. Some moments in the game are kind of pretty. Like, it's not an ugly shooter. But, especially for a free game, I think it looks pretty good. But, so what? Everything else is so broken and so unfun to play and unintuitive and goofy. I, It's not even worth the download. It just isn't. I ended up playing it for like three or four hours. I was like, I don't even know how I lasted that long, being honest. Um, I know it's free, and with that comes caveats, and you need to expect that some you're going to make have some sacrifices, but it's awful. Uh, reviews of the campaign have been even worse, even though Remedy made it. It's just it's just like generic first-person military shooter. That's probably, that's probably what it should have been called instead of Crossfire. Hmm. I just I really struggled to have any fun with this at all. It is free on Game Pass, um, so if you have it and you're Hank, you're like need a shooter. But you have Halo Infinite and like so many other great games on Game Pass. I have no idea what Microsoft was thinking signing a deal for this game. No clue. Just but looking at metrics and I don't know. I mean, it's an old game. It is old. It's been in. Uh, it's been huge in Korea for like half a decade already. Mm-hmm. As and it's just called Crossfire in Korea. They added the X for the Xbox version. <laughs> I know, clever, right? Um, but anyway, not worth any amount of money worth paying, and I would argue it's not even worth the hard drive space. It's not worth the time it takes to download it. 
just trust me on this one. It's it's trash. So <laughs> I I really struggle to see what Microsoft was thinking with that game. Mm. I mean, I'm I guess I do know what they were thinking. They're like, oh, it's gigantic in Korea, and we can bring it here, and it can be an exclusive to us, and we can give them minimal money, and they'll do it. And it was it whatever they spent on it, it was not worth it at all. Any questions about it, Matt? Nope. I didn't think so. Um, I wonder if anyone in chat has enjoyed even a moment of it. Um, Ashes in the Hourglass asking about single player. I did not play the single player. Um, so, no, I can't really tell you. I tried, but it wasn't on Game Pass. There was no way I was paying for this. Once I played the multiplayer, there was no way I was going to spend $10 to play the first half of the campaign. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I apologize. Maybe I should have for you guys. But I'm telling you, the game is fundamentally so awful to play that I don't care about the campaign. I just, it has holds no interest for me at all. Um, let's see, someone asked a question. Well, the reviews are mostly in a 30 to 40 range, so it's not something that Shane is pulling out of his ass. The game is trash. It is trash. It, again, it's the worst game I've played in like half a decade. Hmm. And again, we do, well, actually, Balan Wonder World. That's that's actually a good like death match. Mm. This game they're so different, but that's what the legacy asked about. As far as oh they did, <laughs> which is worse? Which worse than Balan Wonderworld? Oh, I think this is worse because Balan Wonderworld is just repulsive, yeah. and derivative and weird, but it's not broken like this yeah. game is. Like it's full of bad ideas, but like it that works. Game, this game does this Crossfire doesn't work right, right? Lordy, I don't know what Microsoft was thinking signing that one, but there you go. That's Crossfire X. Stay far, far away. Next up. It was a slow week. Not slow for me, but it was a slow week in games. And Vincent offered to chip in and play a game. I would not say jump on a grenade. I hate to use that phrase. Um, but he did, he offered to play a game that was one of the bigger releases of the week that I just did not have time to get to. And neither did Matt. Um, it is a game called Lost Ark. It is a MMO RPG published by Amazon, but developed by someone else. And he decided to spend some time playing it. And here is his report. Greetings. Destiny has led you here. All right, I'm here with Vincent Borchardt to discuss Lost Ark, Amazon's brand new MMORPG that's getting and generating quite a lot of buzz. Vincent, is this game worthy of the buzz? Now, it's reviewed a lot lower than Amazon's recent MMO, New World. Why do you think that this game is getting so much more interest and... Uh, bringing in so many more players than New World did. It's free to play and New World wasn't. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a simple answer. But uh -huh. the reason why both New World and Lost Ark are getting a ton of attention is because Amazon's paying every influencer that they know to play it early and do stuff with it. That's, oh, so you, you think influencers have been paid marketing dollars to play the game, and therefore that's why it's generating a lot of buzz? Yeah, at least initially. And do you think that the game itself has managed to keep people around? Because I saw it set like a Steam concurrent user record, right? Yeah, like over 1.3 million people playing it at once. Wow, that's that's amazing. 
and it's shocking in all honesty. <laughs> it's so funny how we've made fun of Amazon's attempts at making video games all this time. And it's managed to squeeze out two kind of hits here in the last couple of months. Yeah, the question is how much it'll sustain that. Cause I know like new world was like under half of its numbers. I saw that headline recently. Yeah. New world's numbers definitely fell off pretty quickly. I think a lot of that was due to a lack of new content players played through all the content pretty quickly and then had nothing to turn to after that. But this game is also different than New World in most MMORPGs, right? It doesn't have the typical MMO combat, right? Yeah, it's more like a Diablo clone than it is like a typical MMO. So it's played from an isometric perspective, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah isometric. You would just attack enemies with different skills. It's all action-based. All real-time. Yeah. And is like other games of Diablo's ilk. Is there a lot of kiting and things like that while you're playing where you're just trying to keep that distance between the hordes? Are there hordes or is it more? Yeah, there are lots of hordes of enemies. Okay. Mm-mm. And so is the combat driven by like kiting and kind of keeping your distance and things like that? Yeah, I assume that's part of it. I, I'm playing a ranged character, so I don't know how the difference would be with for the melee characters, but... Well, you still got to kite with a, yeah. with a range character. In fact, it's probably more crucial to kite with range characters because yeah. their health point or their uh, hit points are generally pretty low. You can't really get caught up in the mob or it'll end pretty quickly, right? Supposedly, though, it's been pretty easy so far. <sighs> How many uh, hours have you spent with it so far, Vincent? I'm about 11 hours in. Okay, that's a that's a healthy amount. And how does the game work? Actually, maybe start with the plot or the setup behind the game. Is there a plot? Yeah, there's a plot. So from what I gather, there's a, there's a legend of an ancient war between the humans and the demons, and it was stopped with this mythical arc thingy, and now it seems like there's, that war is going to happen again, so you need to recover the pieces of the arc. And that's what's guiding you through this quest, at least high level. Okay. Then there's all... Go ahead. There's just various things you do. You take care of various bandit groups and want to... Like the last major thing I did, which I think is like the most major thing yet, is we took over a castle of the evil guys and like made the first real big town. That's like what I just did. So when you say make a town... Is there a world building in this where you gather resources and then you build? But that's a separate buildings? thing. Like okay, and like we kind of like reclaimed it, and then all like the five hundred different stores and stuff and things. But then as part of that, I also got a my own little land of place that like just unlocked, and that has various ways to gather materials and stuff. And do you but build then, stuff on your own land? Then I think so. Okay, Again, you haven't got I to that just, point yet. I just like did the tutorials for it. Okay. Like researching stuff, doing, sending people out to missions. Yeah. So wait, you have an army at your disposal. So this gets a little bit like almost like a 4X strategy game then. Not really. More like you click a button and a timer goes off and then they'll come back. That's as far as I can tell. Oh, so it's very simplified. Same concept, but much easier to manage. Yeah. Okay. So you said earlier, we when you were talking about doing things in the game. Is this game cooperative? Do you join up with a squad of players and play? I'm assuming you can in the world. I've There have been a couple du- dungeons that you can matchmake into a party. Though I played mostly solo so far. And how does it scale for one person? Is it manageable? You said it's easy, right? 
yeah very easy like too easy like as in i could fall asleep doing some of the combat (laughs) really (laughs) yeah what i like to say with games like that is that i could play with my butt and still make it through the game would you would you say that (laughs) that you would agree with that i mean if you're i mean if you're paying attention just hit the buttons do your skills and make sure to do a potion whenever you get like half health you'll be fine like, there's active. only one time I've actually died, and that was with like some world boss that's was like at our level, but still didn't seem like it was possible. And like one hit us with stuff, oh, okay. all the different people in the world. That was like the one time I died. And, like maybe got it to half health health before it was starting to reset. Okay, but, I don't know. <laughs> How active is the combat? Is there auto firing, or do you have to basically select an enemy every time you want to attack? How does that all work? I've been playing with a controller, which is another thing I'll get into in a second with the controls, but like you fire for me, I've been playing a gunner who's Mm -hmm. just a bow and arrow one Mm -hmm. because I generally play with range characters in this type of game. Me too. You you fire in the direction and then you have various skills which fire in ways like one fires in an arc, one fires in an area of effect thing. Is there then, a lock on or are you manually aiming each one of those? I think there's some amount of lock on. I, so there's some aim assist built in there yeah. somewhere. Okay. Yeah. If you're in generally in the direction you should hit, at least with the controller, I assume it's easier with the mouse and keyboard because you well, can just click on an enemy and it should face towards them, but I'm not sure. Right. Okay. Well, let's get into that. You're talking about the controls a minute ago. How do the controls work in it with a controller versus a mouse and keyboard? And why aren't you using a mouse and keyboard for a game like this? So generally, I've just been using controller because that's what I'm more familiar with. Like there, you have eight different skills you can have at once. At least combat skills: Q, W, E, R, A, S, D, F. And then on the controller, those are assigned to holding like left bumper and one of the face buttons and left trigger and one of the face buttons. I just found it easier. So there's but, modifiers on yeah. the control scheme. Okay. And then on the other side, you have potions and stuff or right bumper and right trigger. Okay. Yeah. So as I was saying, the controls on combat work just fine with a controller, but the interface is where things get a little more weird. First of all, the tutorials all say like all want, want you to go with the keyboard things even when you say you're using a gamepad no so it doesn't change the in-game tooltips based I mean, upon the tooltips work but the tutorial message is like when you first learn how to do something i want you to do it with the control with the keyboard uh the right stick controls a cursor which is another sign that this is kind of an awkward fit always mm-hmm. but then like some of them i just can't figure out how to clear like dialogue choices in the in the conversations, I don't know how to do with just the controller, so I have to get it click. So, See, so now you're using both, basically. <laughs> yeah, I do have to use both. Like with the you have to use the mouse for the menus to get any sort of efficiency. Uh-huh. And the most confusing part is even in the menus, there's still some like commands for like bring up the context menu of items. I have no clue how to do that with just mouse and keyboard, so I use a controller for that. <laughs> so my next question is, why haven't you just switched to mouse and keyboard full time? I like moving my character directly instead of clicking to move. Yeah, you like having the control with the analog stick instead of... Yeah, I understand that. It it can take a little while to get used to, for sure. So this game is free to play, as you said. How are they making the money? 
And is it skeevy? Well, the monetization is in your face. Like in the bottom, one of the options is the shop where you can buy stuff with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to notice some of the places where it's obviously going to make you feel the grind because when you're collecting items like using your trade skills that's another relatively recent thing that it introduced that's based on an energy meter mm-hmm. and then all your stuff in the stronghold where you're sending people off to missions and stuff that's based on an energy meter mm. and then the other thing is that there's various subscriptions that you can do and what is it how do you what does a subscription have if it's a free-to-play game are they locking content out sure. for people who don't pay no, it's just like various bonuses, extra energy, your teleports are free. It gave me like three days free when I started. Okay. It's and not it like pay to win though, right? As far as I know, not yet. Okay, that's encouraging. <laughs> but I have no clue. <laughs> How are you enjoying the game? Are you having fun playing it? Do you typically like this genre? I'm fine with the uh, Diablo likes and... So far, I think it's fine, though pretty mindless. Around the five-hour mark or so, I started mostly ignoring the story, like skimming uh, through it, putting on a podcast on the background while uh-huh. I play through stuff. That, I mean, that's through. pretty typical of MMOs in my, in my yeah. humble opinion. <laughs> that's why I don't play them a lot, uh, because the combat generally isn't great. I honestly think having Diablo-style combat, to me, is a huge upgrade over most MMORPGs. That's... What really turns me off on that genre is the combat and how typically how I feel so disconnected from it. Yeah, it definitely feels like there, there's probably actions that can be done to make this combat system more interesting. I just haven't found it yet. Okay. Um, what about the visuals? How do you feel about them now that you've spent some time mm-hmm. with it? There's a weird mismatch of polish all through the game. Like the graphics look a lot better than I would expect from something that's a Korean MMO at its face. Mm-hmm. Partly because it's relatively recent. It, were, it launched in Korea December 2019, so it's only about two years old. Yeah, we should have mentioned that earlier, actually, that Amazon did not develop this. Unlike New World, which yeah. it created in-house, this is a game that is just basically licensed from Korea. Yeah, and that's another part. that, Like, Amazon's clearly trying to make this more palatable for the Western market. Like mm-hmm. one thing that's telling is that you start at level 10 and not level one. Oh, and like you start with six abilities. So I'm assuming the career version is a lot more grindy to get to where I am now. Uh-huh. If I had to guess. Right. But mm-hmm. it sounds like in other ways, they haven't really done a good job of getting it ready for the Western market. Yeah. Like the, the subtitles are all over the map. I mentioned the mismatch between the controller and the keyboard mouse controls, mm-hmm. trying to do different things. Cutscenes are all fully voiced, but the oh. conversations, like some of them are, aren't voiced. And some of them have like the first line is entirely voiced. Then there's no other voice for the rest of the conversation. <laughs> That's I've, I have to admit, I've never seen that tactic before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, so, well, the game is free and it's PC only, correct? Yeah. Um, is it worth the download? How big is the game? The client over seventy gig, to, at least on your hard drive. It's like sixty to download. Wow! Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> are there are the boss fights memorable in the game? I mean, a couple of them have been more interesting. Like there was one, like right before we got the first piece of the arc that was like multi phase, but even that was just get destroy the boss's health bar, 
And then someone else in my party did a contextual action that I'm still not sure was anything more than clicking on a place and clicking on another place. Mm-hmm. And we did that two more times. But there are more interesting tactics. Like apparently you can stagger bosses if you deal enough damage to them and certain way and certain attacks do more stagger damage than others. Hmm. But I haven't really needed that or noticed it much. Because it's been so easy. Are the boss fights yeah. easy too? Yeah, for the most part. Like the last boss was before I was like got the castle back and all that stuff was starting to be hard, but then okay. when I cleared a tenth of its HP, the the it just went over to a cutscene instead. Huh? <laughs> I wonder why they've tuned it to be so easy. Because I guess people... it's free to play, and they don't want to yeah. turn people off. They want to get them sucked into the world and the ecosystem and everything. Yeah, make people hooked, and then when they get to near max level, now you got to pay to do anything. Mm. and get it in a reasonable time it might be the answer i don't know huh so the the old bait and switch basically is what you're saying yeah. so back to what i was saying earlier is it worth the 70 gig download i wish it was smaller i mean if you're interested in diablo likes and you're still waiting for diablo 4 and path of exile 2 mm-hmm. it might worth being a try i certainly don't think it's worth being the second biggest game ever on steam <laughs> Because it's not like it's the only free-to-play MMO in town either, you know? Yeah. You, you would think that eventually the quality or the lack thereof would impact the amount of players that are playing the game, but it just seems to just keep building. Yeah. Why do you think and, uh, that is? Just because it's free? Because everyone and their mother's hyping it, I guess, and That's hype is all that matters. <laughs> it does seem that way anymore, doesn't it? Especially with free-to-play yeah. stuff, because there's so much of it now. It's, it was smart on Amazon's part to pay the influencers. Let's be honest. I mean, if yeah. you're looking to have a successful business or a successful game launch, <laughs> it works. And it's worked once again here for Lost Ark. Um, so are you going to keep playing, Vincent? That's the big, because that that really will tell our audience whether it's mm. worth them taking the plunge in, in initiating that huge download. I might. Part of it's I, I want to see where the content goes from here. Because like I think just finished like the first major act it feels like unlocking the big town mm-hmm. and like it clearly we're about to set up the next act of the story where stuff is supposed to happen mm-hmm. i want to see if that ever gets interesting so you will keep playing then yeah it's again something to do while i'm listening to my podcast and stuff <laughs> multitasking well yeah. vincent thank you for taking a minute to talk to us with uh, about lost ark and i hope you enjoy as you continue forward Hope I do too. We almost died. So it's interesting, Matt, that in the chat during that segment, a lot of people have played this. Yeah, and a lot of them are telling Vincent how much more game there is than what he <laughs> it's like. He's like, oh, no, you need seven arcs. And he's like, oh, I don't even have one. <laughs> it's just like, oh, this game is here. And they've only released tier one here, and tier two and three are coming. It's like, yeah. you know, the game's got a lot of content if you want to. was done really well. So, so Amazon put out New World. Was it a month and a half ago now? Yeah, maybe longer. I can't remember. And that's more of a traditional anything. MMO with yeah. the horrible combat that I hate. And that was like, in, that was like an in-house thing, right? Yeah. Like that Amazon was, built that one. Yeah. This one was... Someone else developed publishing it. it. Yeah. It's been popular, I believe, also in Korea for a while. Mm-hmm. Someone in chat said that the same developer that makes Crossfire. I think it was also the same publisher there. Smile Bit or whatever they're called. Smile Bit, yeah. I think well, I think he I think Vincent says the same publisher okay. there. Okay. 
I don't, know, I don't know if they made yeah. Smile Gate. Smile Gate. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Smile Bit is a different. Something. That's Sega, right? Yeah, that was yeah. Sega. Yeah, one of Sega's in-house studios. Um, I would. One thing I would say about this game is that the combat in this game. Fifteen thousand quests. <laughs> Q oh cues okay oh, I was like cues for some service. to get into server okay I was, I was like there huge, are fifteen thousand quests no I'm not doing yeah. that <laughs> they had um over a million concurrence playing this game it is free to play obviously and that helps but I mean there's tons of free to play games out there that don't do that kind of numbers mm-hmm. and I would argue like I would rather play an MMO like this that has Diablo's combat than the chunky like yeah. clunky like. I don't like MMOs because of the combat. I'm okay with Diablo-style combat. Yeah. Uh, so um, I did say someone else say it is pay to win, in fact. so Yeah, I mean. Which, now that I've played Crossfire, I can totally see why that developer is known for that. Um, yeah. So are you interested in that at all, Matt? I know right now it's a tough time to play not a game really. like that. I mean, if, if it was a duller time, like if it was a drought, maybe a one day I'll, I'll take a look. Because I do like you know, I played a lot of Path of Exile. and. Mm-hmm. And Grim Dawn and stuff, you know, I do like that style of game. Yeah, Marvel Heroes. Wish that would come back. I mean, that would some of the like some of those are not really MMOs, but they were you know lots of people in a lobby really as well. You know, but um, no, like I I enjoy that kind of gameplay, and uh, the Diablo games are few and far between. So I I can see myself trying it just to see if like we hit like a summer with no major releases for a while. Okay. Um, yeah, right now it's a tough time for me to play something like this, but I'll I'll kind of put a tag on it in my mind and maybe come back to it later on when things get a little slower. But right now, like, there's too many big games to play, unfortunately, for me to dive in. But I do thank Vincent for taking the time to play it. Uh, it is a big game. Like, as I said, over a million concurrents right now. I saw someone in the chat was saying that um, uh, they had hit, like, 1.3, and now it's back to, like, a million or whatever. That's still a ton of people. Uh, There's so many free-to-play games that come out that never get that kind of traction. So Amazon's marketing is certainly working. Mm -hmm. Um, Vincent in the segment mentioned that, you know, a lot of influencers have been playing it. That works, apparently. It gets people to go and try the game. I mean, it gets people to at least try it. Then it's up to the game to keep people there and keep them hooked. And if it is indeed pay-to-win, I would say that that probably won't last all that long. Uh, Mo Abyss, thank you for uh, Twitch Prime, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk once again about Activision Blizzard because this is a story that just keeps morphing and giving us new information as time goes on. And in the past week, we've learned that not only will the next couple um, Call of Duties and next couple kind of Activision Blizzard games will be released on PlayStation, now it appears that most of Activision Blizzard's IP will continue to be published on other platforms in perpetuity. It does seem to be what they're saying now. Yeah, and um, the latest episode of Pactor Factor that we just put up, I guess it was on Friday, I believe, um, he talks about this, and it's a great episode. It's one of the longest episodes of Pactor Factor ever. It's like 20-some minutes. And if you know, you know, for one topic, that's a lot for Pactor to talk about something. And it's great. You should definitely watch it. Um, but he basically says that Microsoft is, as the lower third says, covering its ass because mm-hmm. it wants to try to avoid having these checks and balances even be a part of the process. So it's trying Mm -hmm. to head it all off at the pass. So it thinks that if it it says publicly over and over again that these franchises are not just going to, the next couple, are going to continue to come to other platforms that maybe the FTC and these other 
regulatory bodies will leave it alone and just let the sale go through. Because right now, Microsoft's biggest fear is that the sale gets blocked. Mm -hmm. As we just saw with NVIDIA and ARM, that was an $80 billion deal that was sacked by the FTC. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's a different thing, I think, because you're talking about owning the manufacturers who make the chips that the other their right. competition needs to make their own products yeah, yeah. whereas this but there is sort of i think the concern here is like you know judges and lawmakers and such like are so bad at understanding tech stuff and game stuff like you could easily confuse them into thinking that like oh like if they have call of duty no one can play video games again kind of yeah, like there's a yeah they just don't get it yeah per se really yeah like it should be an open and shut like you know call of duty is an ip it's an idea like, there is no such thing as a monopoly of ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, the, this shouldn't even be a question outside of the size of the deal. Um, you should instantly see it's like, oh, Activision is just a bunch of game franchises, and that's not a, that's not a monopoly. So, like, but you never know. I think insane. You like, never know. I can't believe that Activision Blizzard's games are going to continue to be released on PlayStation. It well, makes... I don't. I, th- I don't believe it. I think Pactor's right that they're just saying this is rhetoric, and when the time comes and those deals are over... That'll change. Well, he actually... Did you watch the episode? No. Okay. Well, he actually has kind of had a change of heart on this. He actually thinks that all of these IP are going to continue to be released on Mm. PlayStation in perpetuity. His new contention is that if a property appeared on PlayStation previously, then that property is going to continue to be released on PlayStation for, like, ever. Mm. Like Call of Duty, for example. He said, look at Starfield. Starfield already announced to be Xbox exclusive, not coming to PlayStation. He said that's because the IP has never appeared on PlayStation. Mm -hmm. So he feels that the regulatory commissions are going to say anything that a PlayStation owner would reasonably expect to continue on their platform will continue on their platform. But anything that hasn't appeared on the platform yet, so any new IP, would then be Xbox exclusive. So based on that, that would lead you to believe that Elder Scrolls would be released for PlayStation. Not a chance. Unless Microsoft could say, well, no, that was Skyrim. This is whatever they well, call it. Well, that, that's possible, yeah. But also, like, they've already hinted that that's what's happening, that they're not, that the Bethesda stuff going forward is all... Also, Bethesda's not big enough to have, like, that kind of FTC concern. Um, it's Activision's... I think the whole thing's insane. Like, Microsoft should be able to take all those games and make oh, them yeah. exclusive to Xbox. I don't know well, why... Well, here's the thing. They can... Like, this is all hand-wringing over nothing, basically. But it depends which way the FTC goes with it. Like, they do need to keep up appearances on this to to get through that hurdle. But once you're past that hurdle, you can do whatever the hell you want. I mean, I guess you could have some kind of... Like, what what would you even investigate them for after the fact? It's like, oh, they took Call of Duty and put it on. Because the other thing is, like, what, what are you talking about other than Call of Duty? There isn't one. I guess Blizzard stuff, but why would oh, you... Oh, Diablo, StarCraft. I guess. Overwatch. I think all this stuff will still be on PC, of course. But yeah. like that's And that is another out. Well, they all definitely will yeah. be. Yeah. That's the other out. Is like, well, just not putting it on PlayStation. is like, well, it's also like not on Switch. So are you going to sue them for that? Like, it's, it's, it's Well, Microsoft also said this week that they want to get Call of Duty on Switch. That's bizarre, too. I mean, why? Like, right. <laughs> good luck, and why? I mean, we, we've already been through the process of making, like, you know, basically stripped-down versions of Call of Duty for Nintendo systems. Yeah, they made one for Wii. Yeah. I think that was the last one. Yeah, and it never it comes It did horrible, yeah. yeah. Although, they, I would say they did a pretty good job on that port. It did not sell especially well. Uh, they're just people who own Nintendo consoles do not expect Call of Duty to be on the console, which... so. That really tips the hand of Microsoft when they say, okay, well, we want to put it on Switch, too. It uh, it also makes it seem like it's not just about 
getting the through the regulations and through the FTC or whatever other body is going to look into it. They it seems like they're just interested in making more money off of selling mm-hmm. the games on other platforms. Somewhat, but it's like then you're kind of back in the realm of like, what did you pay that much money for? Right. Yeah, I don't get it. Like I, like a lot of times when we record Pactor Factor, he'll record his segment. And then he and I will have a conversation about it. I try to keep myself out of Pactor Factor. I'm all over everything already. There's way too much of me on Sifted as is. So I try to just let him do his thing. But then, like, when it's over, I'll ask him a couple questions. And maybe sometimes if he phrases his answer the right way, I'll slide his answer into the show if it's relevant or whatever. But usually we just have a little chat. And in this case, like, he seems adamant that they are petrified of these bodies that they're going to nix the deal. And the deal is so big that he said that they're basically willing to sacrifice, you know, whatever they could get from Call of Duty being exclusive on Xbox to make the sales somewhere else. Like he said that they've done the math and they've probably figured it out that they're not going to get hurt that much if they continue because mm-hmm. they'll get the sales. It's just so weird the that they'd DLC. be that worried about it because it's not like, I know. I mean, I mean, you might get screwed by the system is what I'm, you know, like, yeah. Like, but like, this is not what antitrust laws exist for. I know. Like, there's nothing wrong weird. with there's, what no, Microsoft there's nothing is happening doing. Here. I don't get it. It's a big purchase, but it's a big purchase of just another component of what they already have. They are not buying yeah. a chip maker or the yeah. the you know the it's source. It's not a of, monopoly. No, not not in any way, shape, or form. I mean, just look at the release schedule for PlayStation. Yeah, there's thousands of games coming to PlayStation. Yeah, it. I don't get it at all, man. Like I, I mean, I really think the, the the concern would be that the lawmakers and the people involved in making the decision, you know, on the government level, just don't understand what they're looking at, and it'd be easy for whoever is arguing against Microsoft to confuse them and make them think that something else is happening. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm glad. Like, I don't generally like the idea of exclusives. I feel like everybody should be able to play everything on whatever console that they have. So. Don't think that I'm sitting here, like, stumping for, like, taking all these games away from the PlayStation Mm -hmm. ecosystem. I don't feel that way at all. But literally just looking at this impartially, Microsoft should be allowed to do it. Yeah. I mean, it should. And here's the thing. They probably will. You know, three or four years down the line, no one's going to be looking at them about that. Yeah. But you know what will happen, though, is you'll have the quote-unquote Sony ponies who will be, like, carpet bombing the FTC's, like, Twitter account saying, oh, look. Like, they just took Call of Duty away from us, or they just took Diablo away from us, or whatever. Overwatch. Yeah, but that's not, it's not a problem. You don't the, think the FTC will care? No, the FTC be like, who, so what? Like, the FTC is like, it's not about, like, products. Like, that's not. Yeah, it's water under the bridge. It's not I what that, that means. Point. It's just not what that means. It's like complaining that, like, you got your, you know, your First Amendment rights were violated because you got banned from Twitter. Like, it's not what right. that, it's literally not what that means. Like, it's it has nothing to yeah. do with anything. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like. Why are, why is Microsoft spending all this money then? Right. It's status quo. I mean, we'll we'll find out in 2024 basically. Yeah. Like I I I think this is uh I think this is pretty much like subterfuge. Yeah. I think you saying the, saying the right thing now. A and, red herring or just trying yeah. to distract. And maybe it won't happen. Maybe they you know they they can f- think they can figure out a way to do that and you know get their money's worth and and keep that, that in their ecosystem. Because I th- also think the what they'd prefer, I think instead of having things be exclusive, what they th- they prefer is to have a Game Pass uh, option on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they want. That that's their that ideal I do not outcome. think will ever happen. I don't know how you make that deal. Not no, either. but I bet if that you're PlayStation, that, I don't know how you make that deal. But I bet that is what Microsoft actually wants. Like in the end, like they would rather have a cut than and beyond sales. I think they'd rather have a cut 
of well, pulling people into that subscription world. Well, they all the money from world. Warzone on yeah. PlayStation. All those microtransactions. My bet is that Warzone is what they're talking about for Switch. Probably. Like some version of Warzone that. Warzone 2 would be yeah. my guess. Yeah. And they're just greasing the wheels right now to kind of let Nintendo Maybe on the know. next system. Yeah, even. exactly. That's what would be my guess, too. Yeah, so, I think all your your long range plans here for like what you're actually going to do with this acquisition, in you know, in earnest, is 2024 and beyond. I, it's the whole thing to me is just dumbfounding. It's like, how do you spend that much money and not get what you're paying for? Well, we don't quite know what they wanted from it. I guess so. that's a that's a good point. Yeah, maybe we've just been projecting this onto Microsoft mm. all this time and assuming. That this that's what it wanted, but maybe mm. this is the plan that it wanted all along. Yeah, like my assumption is that they want you know more leverage for Game Pass, and you know that's that's has been their focus for a long time, and they want that subscription money rolling in every month, and that's more important to them than selling a bunch of copies of a game once a year. Yeah, you know because if they get if they can get sixty bucks out of you, seventy bucks out of you for Call of Duty every October, compare that to getting fifteen bucks out of you every month mm-hmm. for a year. Yeah. Like that's the better deal. The profit deal for them, as Pector would say, is getting you subscribing. Yeah. And they would rather have you subscribing on the other platforms than not able to play things on the other platforms. I just don't think it'll ever happen. I could kind of, I could see it happening in some form on Nintendo. Maybe. I, Sony, I don't know how you even approach that question with Sony. I don't either. Sony's just not willing to play that. Because you know Nintendo has no intention of doing anything like this. Even though Pactor right. has said over and over that if there's one company that could compete with game pass with its content it is nintendo yeah but also nintendo knows they don't have to do that right yeah like game pass while as advantageous and cool as it is did partially grow out of the fact that microsoft had nothing worth actually plunking down 60 bucks for for several years yeah you know like it became a value because you're like oh i don't feel like i have to like throw 60 bucks out the window for the new gears of war i can just play it It that's exactly what pactor said in the latest mm-hmm. episode is it you know up until and Nintendo doesn't five have that ago, desperation. Yeah, so up until five years ago, Microsoft didn't have the ability to do Game Pass. Yeah, and now it does because it bought all these studios. So you're right. I mean, that's the whole strategy is getting people to go to Game Pass. I just don't know why how Microsoft would ever think that Sony would allow it. I just mm-hmm. it doesn't add up for me. So I don't know, man. It's uh, it's weird. It, the this whole thing is so bizarre. Yeah, but me. that's we've been saying that about Microsoft's decisions for years now, mm-hmm. and they've all panned out pretty much. Yeah, well, they have. So, yeah. that, I assume they have some plan in place, so they wouldn't be throwing that kind of money around. Um, yeah. You know, they're not the Windows division. They, no, they, no. they they've seen to plan out what they do. Yeah, especially now that Phil has sort of woken up to you know, what has to happen. Yeah. And to be clear again, like I am glad that this is the case. I'm glad that people that own PlayStations are going to continue to be able to get call of duty and all of Activision's different IP and Blizzard's mm-hmm. different IP, um, like crash bandicoot. I mean, that might be the one property where you're like, okay, that kind of makes sense because that really is like a PlayStation property. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of them, I don't know, man, it just, yeah. So, I mean, crash hasn't been PlayStation only for, I know, since the game 20 Cube. some years yeah was there a crash game on GameCube? GameCube, yeah. yeah i thought so yeah i think so. twin sanity came to gamecube or something like that something like that yep so anyway that's the latest on this deal it just seems like it's going to keep evolving although i think all we're going to get now is a bunch of glad handing from microsoft making the rounds trying to make friends with all the playstation owners to make so they don't hate them because that's really what Microsoft has to be careful about, right? Yeah. Is making enemies of PlayStation fans or owners. Yeah. But, like, I mean, but they can still sort of not manipulate, but they can create an environment in the market where, like, the subscription idea is sort of the default. 
Mm-hmm. And Sony can't really compete with that. Yeah. Like, you're basically going to put Sony in the same position Nintendo was in like 15 years ago, where it's like we've got really strong first-party stuff, and everything you can play on the other systems is technically here, but the value for your money is elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and at that point, you're basically talking about bleeding Sony slowly over the course of like two generations and mm-hmm. seeing where they end up. Play, I mean, I don't think there's any denying that what Microsoft is doing is playing the long game. Yeah. Microsoft always has. You know, it goes back to the early 90s or late 90s when the Xbox project was born where they lit, where Bill Gates literally came to them and said, we need to own that space and mm-hmm. I don't care how long it takes to do yeah. it and like or how much it costs. Mm-hmm. And uh, even with Bill Gates' departure from Microsoft, that philosophy seems to have continued to drive the Xbox department like that or the division. Like it's like this is part of that. Like they, you know, Microsoft, they've had to pivot several times and they've had to change their strategy this, you know, the last 10 years, but like they came up with something new and it seems to be working. It's definitely working. And yeah. and it's not, and clearly the bosses of the, of the high level Microsoft people are willing to throw money and, and power behind this and they think it's worth it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, cause there was a time during the Xbox one period where I like, you know, everyone was kind of speculating. It's like, is this, is it time to, Throwing the towel on the Xbox, <laughs> yeah. like is that you know? Can yeah. you ever come back from this? And the answer turns out to be yes. Yeah, you can. looks well, like if you, you have can. enough money. If, if you can throw money at the problem <laughs> until it goes away, like yes, that's. I mean, money, money is everything. Honestly, yeah. it really is. If you have deep pockets, man, you can you can persevere through almost anything. Yeah. I mean, you can market your way out of holes. Like that's what's been the struggle with me for Sifted is I have no marketing money. Mm-hmm. So it's like everything that we do has to be spread by word of mouth or. Sorry the free marketing that you used to be able to get on social media that you can't get anymore. Yeah. Like, it's like, uh, it's like Liz Taylor says to James Dean and giant, uh, money isn't everything, you know, jet. And he says, not when you got it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if you've noticed, but like even just a personal post on Facebook or even some of your tweets on Twitter, like every time I go to post something on Facebook, it asks me if I want to pay to boost the post. Mm. I'll be like, you know, send, Hey mom, yeah. <laughs> like, What's up with blah, blah, blah? And they're asking me if I want to spend $20 to make sure more people see it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, at the end of the week, they give you a report on Facebook. What percentage of your audience did you reach with your posts on your sifted Facebook account? And we never are over 8%. Hmm. So we're promoting stuff, saying, hey, here's a new episode of this. Here's this new show we're launching. 8% of our followers on Facebook ever see it unless we pay. Hmm. And that's just the way it is anymore. The free lunch on social media marketing is over. Uh, so you have to have money now yep. to market something. And if you don't have it, it's a tough grind, as I have learned firsthand. All right, let's move on. On Good Morning Gaming over the last week, I talked about a topic, Matt, that maybe you're familiar with. The video game Zombie. The video game that is canceled and then revived. Will not go away. What? Will not go will not Yeah, will not go away. And uh, what I did, I actually did a little research when I discuss the topic on the show. And what I found is that most games that were canceled and then revived ended up being good and doing quite well financially. Obviously, the one lone exception would be Duke Nukem Forever. Mm-hmm. But I think that even that game even sold okay. That game did sell. It came out of the gate strong sales-wise. Yeah, it, just it wasn't dropped good. off as soon as everybody realized what it was. <laughs> yeah. Terrible it was. But there have been tons of games that they have been canceled and they revived and became hits. So... It's not out of the ordinary. And what spurred this topic for me on Good Morning Gaming is that this week it was reported that the game Scalebound, which was a game under development by Platinum Games that was supposed to be an Xbox One exclusive and was then canceled, 
Now Platinum is lobbying Microsoft, Xbox, Phil Spencer to revive the project. Now, part of the rub with it is that IO Interactive, the developers of the Hitman franchise, are already working on an exclusive game for Xbox that is a fantasy dragon game. And so people are saying, well, that's kind of redundant. But is there such a thing as a redundancy when you're talking about dragons, Matt? Can we ever get too many dragons? Um, I mean, conceptually, I would say no. At the same time, games about dragons tend to not be very good. That's like, true. Dragons are a weird curse. I don't know why that is. Uh, like even the Dragon Age games struggle with all that, and Lair is you know killed I mean, Factor Lair Five. Factor um, Five. This you know Scalebound struggled to get you know really Monster Hunter is one of the only like really dra- yeah. dragons. I mean Dragons Dogma is great, but like it didn't do it. You know it's, it's languished. You know whether we get a sequel, we got that online thing that never came here. Like, yeah. Like focusing on the dragons tends you know Dragon Quest is one of the only exceptions. Uh, and it's and, and there's it's not, not tons of dragons. About in, in dragons. The, yeah. <laughs> not like this game was. And this game, you'll, you'll see in the B-roll here, and I'm glad that I've kept it all this time because there were points where I had to purge B-roll from our TriCaster, and this game was sitting there. And I was like, should I delete it? Mm. And I was like, no, I'll keep it there. And here we are running it again years later. Um, this game looked really freaking cool, but it also looked like it was struggling to figure out like what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it has like a DMC Devil May Cry vibe to it a little bit because dude got like the, the Beats headphones, headphones on. Yeah. It's like modern dude in Dragon World type thing. Well, you know, Isekai is very big now. Yeah. So. I, mean, yeah. I don't know if that's what's actually happening here, but like, yeah. And there was that disastrous demo they did at E3. Oh, that's right. I like, forgot about that. Like, what the hell was that? Like, yeah. I mean, I would like to play this. I like dragon stuff, even even the bad dragon stuff. Uh, you know, like I was very happy that Skyrim wasn't bad. You know, because I was wor- I was worried when there was such a dragon focus on that. I'm like, I don't know. When dragons show up, it's uh, the main focus of something. Sometimes it's bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I even like you know, kind of trash stuff like uh, Divinity Two Ego Draconis, mm-hmm. where you turn into a dragon at one point. Um, I love the Ponte Dragoon games, but those have traditionally not sold tremendously well. Um, Dragons are a hard ask. Like, Skyrim's one of the only examples of a game that focuses on dragons and did well and was good. Mm -hmm. Um, Because sometimes even when they're good, they don't do well. That's true. This Um, game was really far along because we saw the one demo at E3, and then this mm -hmm. is an entirely different demo. Yeah. and they had, like, two huge playable chunks of the game. And there's it seems to be, there was, I guess, the thing that wasn't shaming up the way they wanted to, it wasn't running well, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, they said the technology wasn't there yet to make the game what they wanted it to be. And then later on, it was uncovered that they were really struggling with the netcode side of the game, mm-hmm. getting it to work online and creating features that people wanted to have online. But, like, this demo, it's pretty awesome, dude. It's like you have a dragon fighting this other massive creature. And, you're like, do you think it's a good idea for Microsoft to revive this game? Keep it in mind now, Platinum has three games coming out this year. So it is looking for the next guns to put, or the next bullets to put in the chamber here. Cause it's like, we need projects and we worked on this one for like two or three years. And I mean, parts of it look pretty awesome. Yeah. Like there's a, some cool ideas in it. I don't know. I mean, I would like to play it. Me too. Like I would yeah. not, I would not be upset if they suddenly announced like, we're going to try this again. Yeah. I mean, it looks pretty dang good on Xbox one. Imagine how good it would look on series X. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Platinum, one thing it generally does well is combat. 
Um, so you would assume all the on foot stuff in this would be pretty good. I don't know if what they were really struggling with was the dragon on dragon stuff. I don't know. I would imagine it's like, yeah, the kaiju fight stuff yeah. is just like was pushing the X, especially the vanilla Xbox One must have been pushed to its limit. Well, Bayonetta three though, I mean, has even in this demo, yeah, even Switch, even this demo, you see like there's a lot of there's some hitching, there's yeah. some yeah, frame rate gets a little dodgy at times for sure. I'm very concerned about the performance of Bayonetta three on Me the too. Switch for sure. Yeah, like particularly those sections. Oh yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's ambitious that's... stuff. This is ambitious stuff. It is, yeah. Um, so maybe, do you think it's going to happen? Do you think Microsoft is willing to sign off on this? I mean, fuck, man, the purse is, the purse is open. Why not? You know, like, I mean, they've already spent a good bit of money on this mm -hmm. game. Like, why would you not at this point try to recoup your investment at least a little bit? I, yeah, if, I mean, come, coming back at it, you know, with some fresh eyes and sort of be like, okay, like, we know what went wrong. Let's figure this out sort of thing. Like, that could, it could work. It could work. I think it totally could work. I'm wondering if people in chat are interested Man, in Man, Automod is picking up some weird stuff here. Uh, <laughs> Automod just held a message because Emperor Dread said the big monster slash little person dynamic yeah. was directly translated to Bayonetta 3. Yeah, and it's a held message for reasons sex-based terms. <laughs> big monster? Actually, let's let's just uh, let's just flip to this, right, so everyone can see it. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, it's gone now. Oh. Uh, yeah, oh, Vin Vin Vincent, Vincent let him post. It was like, <laughs> I mean, I guess, but if you're going to say big and a little or sex terms now, we're really we're pigeonholing in the language. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think this project still makes sense today. I think it's still relevant today. Um, I don't think it looks old or antiquated because no, it if was you get this thing up, you get some more graphical modern bells and whistles on it, and like get these you know giant monster fights working. Like that's there's nothing really anything else like that. Yes, out there. Like still, it's, it's still a unique thing. Uh, no matter what I O is working on, you right. know, how dirty would it be if I O Interactive was just doing their own version of it? Right. I can't see I O doing like that's not their wheelhouse. It's definitely not their wheelhouse. <laughs> I, but I'd look. I'd rather trust Platinum to make a game like this. Like I'd be I'm more. I'd more be expecting it to be about a guy who just goes and pretends to be a dragon, right? At a dragon <laughs> cocktail party. He wears yeah. goes into the bathroom <laughs> and puts on a dragon yeah. costume. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I had a lot of interest in this game all along. I was excited for it. I was disappointed when it was canceled. So I'm probably a little bit biased on this, but I don't know. I just. It yeah, seems like it, a good idea, and it's, that game still yeah. looks good. Yeah, I wouldn't. I will say this: I wouldn't mind if you redesigned it to not have the modern, yeah, stuff with the character. I'd like, agree with that. Like, I don't like that stuff. Yeah, because it, it uncomfortably reminds me of like some weird square thing, like Stranger Force Paradise Logan's or like something. That. Yeah, it's like it's like girl dragged out of Brooklyn, and now yeah. she's in some I mean, weird. That's okay, land. but like, that, wait, you said there's a a term for that. Isekai, isekai is yeah. uh, the term for it's a it's a big deal in manga and anime now. Where it's basically like you're you're zapped into another, world, another world, and you have yeah. to, a modern person zapped in another world or becomes another creature. Like a lot of times they become like there's a there's a bunch of subgenre of like they become a creature in the world. Like oh I'm, I'm a blob now and in a fantasy world and I have to learn how to live in a fantasy world as a blob. I just um, realized, but one keep of the it in mind like. That's not new. Like that's Narnia. Like that. Like well, that. Like that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, be, uh, uh, someone the being someone being Lion Witch the Wardrobe or um, uh, Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court. Like that. That genre goes way, 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 way back. It's or just if popular. You go right to the seventies, Land of the Lost. Yeah. Where they're yeah. all transported to the Dino Land. I watched an episode of that on YouTube the other day, and wow, I, mm. I, I cannot believe I was watching that when I was a child. Yeah. Well. It's some twisted stuff. I'm just like, it's terrifying. The <laughs> Schlee stacks, I'm like, yeah. I can't believe my parents would let me watch that crap. It's nuts. Um, so anyway, are you rooting for it to happen, Matt? 
Uh, I wouldn't mind if it happened. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm also kind of okay in a world without Scalebound in it, but like, I I wouldn't mind playing that. I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing what it was supposed to be. Me too. And yeah. maybe I'd like to know what IO's thing is first to see if it yeah. can fill the same niche mm-hmm. sort of thing. But like, I don't know. Like, I'm never gonna say no to dragons. Like, but Lair always, sucked. Yeah, I hated but, playing Lair. But it, Lair, like, Lair didn't have to suck. Like the idea of a Rogue Squadron with dragons is should like that's a very easy elevator pitch for yeah. me. You know. But what I found with flying the dragons just felt off. Yeah, it well, part of it was because they had to design them to be flown with the with the dual sense. Right. Like, that was, you know... That's you, right. They were pushing it so hard then. There was no yeah. analog control until, like, four months later or yeah. something, and they had to fight Sony to let them do that. Yeah. Like, they didn't want to, you know... It was terrible. It's terrible because it killed an amazing killed Factor development Five. studio. It was, it was a really great... An amazing uh, development studio. Yeah. It's awful. Well, along with Angel Studios, revolutionized video and audio on the N64. Yep. Let's take a look at what people are saying about Scalebound here in chat. Um, let's see. A six axis. That was the name of that stupid yeah. controller. Yeah, Delfino. Get rid of the headphones, though. Yeah. Yeah. Anti. Just make everybody from the world. It. You know, like I don't need. I don't need all this modern stuff. Um, I don't like how they're coming across as desperate. I don't think that's that. But those repeated pokes to Spencer are a bit. Yeah. Uh, so Delfino's talking about how platinum released official statements basically saying like come on phil like what's the deal like this game was so far along like why wouldn't you agree to this type of stuff they were Mm -hmm. being a little heavy-handed about it and there he's right they did seem a little desperate which goes back to what i was saying about how they have three games that are about to come out and they're like what are we working on next yeah um especially because like nothing platinum makes really sets the charts on fire no even good they're good stuff um, Eth Demon says it came out today that the co-op, which was blamed on Microsoft, was in fact Platinum's idea for Scalebound. Okay, mm-hmm. which is also interesting because Platinum doesn't do a lot of co-op. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they don't do a lot of online no. anything. No. Babylon's Fall is going to be a networked game. We'll yeah. see how that. And maybe if works maybe out. if Babylon's Fall is working well, that's sort of part of this move. Is like, look what we can do now, and we won't yeah. run into, we won't have that problem now because we learned what to do. Nolan Elric says, make it a Game of Thrones licensed game. Eh, I don't know about that. They'd have to completely redo the game at that point. Yeah, there'd be a lot of redoing there. Yeah, there's no way to just shoehorn in Game of Thrones into that. Um, redesign the main character too, please. He is a little generic, but I don't think he's bad. I've seen a lot worse. Delphina says Scalebound Revival all the way. And then here's Emperor Dread's <laughs> comment that got picked up by the auto mod. The big monster little person dynamic was directly translated to Bayonetta 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think he's right. Like, do you think that they took what was in Scalebound and then just brought it over to yeah. Bayonetta? I mean, it was, it's it's definitely similar. Yeah, a little too close for, for comfort, maybe. I mean, I don't think I don't think Scalebound owns the patent on. No, no. I mean, that's basically just Johnny Sacco and his giant robot. I right? mean, like, it feels like in the last year we've had like four little person big world games. So yeah, yeah. I mean, but they all pale compared to Robot Alchemic Drive. So rad. All right, let's move on. A robot kills killed grandma. Uh, we're going to talk that next? game. Bring that game back. <laughs> I'll buy that on on PlayStation Network. How about that? I want to play Robot Alchemic Drive again. Well, Matt, this week once again, Assassin's Creed, the new Assassin's Creed game, was leaked. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. It it definitely happens every time it happens. Um, so yeah, the next Assassin's Creed game is called Assassin's Creed Rift. It is, and this is reportedly. Um, it is going to be more stealth-based, stealth-driven from the last couple of Assassin's Creed games. 
They also said it was going to be a smaller project. It isn't going to be this gigantic, sprawling mm-hmm. open world like we've had, honestly, for the last three. Yeah, the, ancient, the ancient trilogy, yeah. as they call it. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that? To a more tight, more concise Assassin's Creed experience, it goes back maybe a little bit to the original concept, yeah, where well, it's more we about stealth and sneaking around. Yeah, we are bumping up against the original timeline now. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'm, I mean, I'll play anything with the Assassin's Creed name on Me it, too. really. I'm going to definitely play it. It's our job to play every yeah. Assassin's Creed. That's one franchise you cannot avoid if you want to do this as a no, vocation. But I would still play them even without that. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm curious what it's going to be. Rift makes me sound like it makes it sound like they're going to be jumping time periods a lot. Do you, and when you say that, do you mean jumping time historical time periods or jumping from the past to the present? Maybe both. More. Both. Um. I think uh, partly because I wonder if they're uh, leaning on the idea that you can, uh, you know, like they've done in the last three games, they've really leaned into the even with the new DLC for uh, Ragnar or for Valhalla, mm-hmm. the Ragnarok DLC is like leaning into the mythology stuff, like mm-hmm. kind of the the idea of mythology being, you know, reinterpreted stories of what happened to the the you know the the people that had the first people blood and you know the the basically the ancient aliens thing and like. You know that the, there's a line of people that are essentially demigods because they're descended from these uh, first civilization people, mm-hmm. and um, you know the, all the all the Norse gods, all the, the Egyptian gods, they, all the Greek gods. That was what was that what that was. So like you could jump back and forth. You know they're even pushing that with like the crossover they did with Cassandra and Ivor. In uh, you know, in they I mean they added new content to Odyssey for God's sake. Yeah, um, it's crazy. It's uh, you know so th- they're definitely leaning hard on that. Uh, and you've got Cassandra living in, living in the modern times, um, so you've got a thread there. That's true. Uh, the idea that you can kind of jump through time periods, both with the Animus and just in the sense that some of these characters are essentially immortal, is interesting. And we still haven't gotten to the point where we know, because Ivor's remains are found in America at the beginning of Valhalla. So we still don't know how Ivor... Yeah, how does up, that work? So Ivor still, we still know how Ivor ends up in America. Right. Because yeah. the Vikings did come to North America, but we haven't seen that part of her story that's true yeah i forgot about that that they came here yeah yeah long long before columbus they were were here yeah which is interesting um i don't know matt i don't know if i want to go back like if you go back and you try to play those first couple assassin's creed games they're not terrible no i still like the Ezio ones and uh like brotherhood a lot and i think the, the 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 sailing ones still hold up um but they are Kind of, I mean, I don't think they're going to go back to that kind of gameplay where there was a little. It feels a little restrictive now. Um, I, I mean, I'll see what they do. I mean, I would like to see the blade and the crowd concept come back. You know, yeah. like the the because the, the original that really only existed in the first couple games. Like the idea of like being this hide in plain sight kind of you know set, which also lost some. It lost uh, that idea in part when they when basically Ubisoft marketing decided that they all had to wear the same outfit. Right. Um, <laughs> Like the fact yeah. that there's a, that the that the Templars wear whatever they want, but the assassins have a uniform is yeah. very funny to me. <laughs> it's pretty absurd, honestly. Um, like if you're wearing that hood at any time in the last two thousand years, you're kind of marking yourself out as one of the assassins. Whereas the Templars can literally be anything, anything, and look like anyone. Yeah, yeah. it's not really a fair playing field. But That's like there was, sure. a, but there was a point where like you know, uh, Alta ears, you know silhouette basically was iconic right, and yeah. they wanted to have the same thing mm-hmm. on the cover for Ezio and so Ezio had to wear you know it's branding Al- they had to wear Altair's outfit basically yeah. with some Italian flair right. uh, and now all the assassins wear 
something of that nature. Eventually, uh, yeah. that little, little beak, little beak on the on the hood. That's all it takes. Yeah, yeah, yep. So um, yeah, at some point you're sort of like, well, maybe if you all started to stop dressing like monks, like we wouldn't be able to see you all the time. <laughs> I mean, I've honestly, I like the direction that the series has gone. Yeah, I've been, I've enjoyed the ancient trilogy a lot. I think Valhalla is probably the the weakest of the three. I'd agree. With, um, well, I don't know. Because I like, uh, I mean, I, I think Odyssey's the best of the three. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, and yep. I, I've played Origins twice, hundred percent through, and like, I, I don't know. I, it's Egypt, tough between Origins and Valhalla for me. The Egyptian setting does more for me. Okay. And and I, I can, like I and I that. like Bayek as a character more than okay. uh, Ivor. Fair enough. Um, also, like I, you know, Origins is big and and goes on, but like. Valhalla really drag. It just it just won't stop at this point, and uh, it's gigantic. Yeah. So I I'm okay with them making a tighter experience. Like I would be yeah. fine. Technically, a tighter Assassin's Creed experience could be 120 hours, <laughs> and it's still tighter than what they've been making. I'm thinking more like 25 to 30 hours mm-hmm. or so. Like I'm cool with that part of it. Um, I don't necessarily want to go back to a place where it's all about stealth. Like I like to have the option of how to play mm-hmm. these games. Like again, I just. I'd I like think, to have a little more uh, reward for stealth. Like those problems, yeah. like like stealth doesn't really get you anything to the point that like in it's certainly in this and Odyssey, um, I don't do stealth because I'm like you know what it's going to be faster if I just kill everybody. Kill yeah. Like like everybody come to me. I don't have to go looking for you and sneak around behind you. I'm just going to hit you with an axe until you fall over. Like that's so if you if you give me a little more of a reward or a little more you know, or at least even just make the character not quite so much of an invincible badass. Right. Because that was the thing with like you know in the Ezio days. Like, yeah, if you knew how to do the counters properly, you could basically fight off 14 guys yep. at once. Because they take but, their turns Yeah, they take their turns. But, like, if you make them a little more fragile, yeah. you know, make your character, like, beatable, that would be a different thing. This is one franchise that I'm happy with the direction that it's gone in. I did see on the site today, I think, um, people were talking about, I had mentioned the review scores for um, Horizon Forbidden West in this morning's Good Morning Gaming. I think it was Erebus Jones who was wondering... If people have just finally reached the point with games designed this way of just burning out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say the bloat of some of these games I'm a little burnt out on. I don't need to spend 180 hours playing a game. I just yeah. don't. So for, for Valhalla on Time to Beat, the main story is 60 hours. Yeah, it's too much. It's way That's, that's way too much. Like, main plus extra is 92 and a half. And like... That's a I, lot. Like, I would rather them make a 40- or 50-hour game, and then if they're going to be of that quality, then sure, get one out every year. If I get... I'd rather have one Assassin's Creed game every year that changes a little bit, has a new setting and things like that that's 40 hours long, then get one every two or three years It's 180 hours long. Do you agree with that? Um, it depends. It depends on the on the quality of it. Because I don't like the yearly... Didn't like The one of the things I didn't like about the yearly release is that none of the games had parity with each other in terms of features or how they worked because they had different teams yeah. working on everything. They could do a better so, so like, job of so that. So you'd have like sure. a game that came out that had a, an advancement in, in how the game played that I liked a lot, and then the next years wouldn't have it because that team started working on that game like six months after the other team made the previous year's game, so they weren't able to incorporate that new idea because it wasn't made yet. Yeah. So like I, I would like them to have more of a progression 
Um, and I do feel like these three three last three games have felt like they're building on each other. Mm-hmm. I'd um, agree with that for sure. And I would think I would like that to continue. Do they need to be 150 hour you know, sprawling opuses? No, I don't need that. I, I, I could go back to a size more comparable to like Brotherhood. Me too. And be happy with that. I but thought, I would, but I would like the consistency of progress to be there. I like. Yeah. I would like to never lose features again. Do you think people are burning out on the open world action RPG at this point? These sprawling adventures that last. I don't think so. I mean, most people don't play them all. Yeah. You know, like we're weird in that regard. And I'm we still not burnt out on them. So no, and I still like them. I'm still <laughs> looking do. forward to Horizon. They're still my favorite games. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't mind. I haven't and, got there yet. And uh, you know, Assassin's Creed. The, these games have sort of become like you know, with Valhalla, it's like I didn't even really seek out a whole lot of information about it because I just knew what I was getting and I was yeah. going to be happy with that. It's that a known fine. quantity at this point. Yeah. Although now with Rift, maybe it's not. Um, so in that way, I'm kind of cool with it, like just switching things up a little bit. Now, I don't want like an eight-hour Assassin's Creed either. I don't want it to go so far in the other direction where it's almost become something I don't recognize anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that they could dial things back a little bit and still sell just as many copies of the game, most importantly for Ubisoft, like, I don't think if they have a 20, 30-hour Assassin's Creed that, like, people are going to read reviews and be like, well, I'm not buying that. It's not 180 hours. Like, I don't think that'll happen at all. Uh-huh. Um, and they could get more varied output out there. Yeah, you can definitely cut the bloat down. Because that's what I don't um, like is that, you know, there's 180 hours of Viking content mm-hmm. is set in the Assassin's Creed universe. I don't need that much. Like... I'm good with 40 hours with the Vikings. Take me somewhere else for the next 40 hours. That's that's kind of what I'm hoping for uh, for the future of the franchise. And 40 hours is plenty of time to have an awesome skill tree that you can work all your way through and do all the other things that the franchise has become really good at doing. I mean, that's about how long it took me to max the skill tree out anyway. Yeah, like, you're right. <laughs> then you just become and then like... you keep adding more stuff. Yeah, then like, you just become a total world destroyer. It's yeah. like, you're right, the last 100 hours are almost like a joke. Yeah. Like there's a, cause early on, like it was like, oh, this is challenging. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys can kill me. I got to be careful with the spear guys. And but now and it's eventually... just like, like, dude, you send send everyone. Please. You will you or, will all and you fall will still die. You... <laughs> I, know, I hear you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, the top speed run on Valhalla is ten hours and forty seven minutes. And Veritas says a game bragging about how long it is does the complete opposite for me. It turns me away. Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. Look, it's different for everybody because everyone has a different amount of disposable income. Um. You know, someone who's doing well professionally, yeah, they don't care. But, you know, if you're a 14, 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid who got who's working his first job at the mall or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, working in retail or whatever job he's got, like, it does matter to those people how long a game is. I don't think that they're going to look at a 30- or 40-hour game, though, and say, that's not good enough for my 60 bucks or my 70 bucks or whatever. So mm-hmm. You can find a way to streamline the experience without losing what makes Assassin's Creed what it is in 2022. So I'm hoping that's what they're going to do with Rift. We're really light on details at this point. Um, But I did feel like just those bullet points of what we know so far were enough to at least have a short, interesting discussion on the franchise. And um, I'm guessing in the next couple months we'll probably learn a lot more about this because leaks on Ubisoft games are never wrong. No. They're never wrong. They're always right because Ubisoft tends is, to admit it pretty fast. It's like so. a colander. <laughs> there are just leaks all over the place. Uh, so there you go. Anyway, that is the next Assassin's Creed. As of right now, I'm, I'm sure it's just a code name, Assassin's Creed Rift. They'll come up with some other fun or, Maybe, or corny subtitle. Um, but it does look like it's going to dial things back a little bit and maybe go back to its more stealth-driven roots that uh, it really established itself on initially. 
because um, that's really all the first game was. It was mm-hmm. just stealth. I've always been wondering if they're gonna once they catch up to like the Middle Ages again, they would just do Altair again mm. with a you know, basically remake the original but with an eye to modern design. Still my favorite protagonist from the franchise. Mm. I think uh, hmm. a lot of people say Ezio. I'm assuming. I mean, Ezio's good. I mean, my favorite protagonist, favorite protagonist, probably Cassandra. Really? I really like Cassandra. I really from liked, Odyssey. Really liked Evie, and I really liked um, uh, Edward. Yeah. Black Flag. I liked him too. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to our last topic of today's show. We're going to discuss the Resident Evil 4 remake. This rumor has been floating around for forever. Mm -hmm. In the last couple of weeks, we've been getting more and more details on it. Most of the stuff I heard had been good until this week when it was reported that the Resident Evil 4 remake is actually going to have major changes to the original Resident Evil 4. Everyone knows how I feel about Resident Evil 4. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, One of the easiest perfect scores I've ever given for the time it came out on GameCube. Um, I am a big, big fan. And even though we're now, you know, over a decade away from that game, I still personally struggle to see too many things that need to be fixed with the game. But according to these reports, there are big changes coming. So they said that a lot of the game is going to be set at night, whereas sections were set during the day before. Mm -hmm. They said they're going to focus more on horror. They said they're going to bring back elements from the three prototypes of Resident Evil 4 that were ultimately canned in favor of what Resident Evil 4 became. So one of those I remember very vividly was this one where the main enemy was this dude with like huge scissors. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were environments from that demo that did make it into the final version of RE4, but that enemy and the whole kind of premise of it was thrown out. Um, they also The report also states that they are going to increase the screen time of some of the side characters in the game. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Playable, <laughs> playable like uh, Wesker? I don't know. I don't know. Salazar? I mean, Salazar, Salazar side quest? Of... Can you think of any characters in that game where you finished it? You're like, man, I wish I saw more of so-and-so. Not really. I mean, I guess Ada, but she did get some playable stuff later significant yeah screen time eventually yeah and so matt i guess what i'm getting at here is like to me resident evil 4 is one of the perfect action games that i've played throughout my career and i really struggle to see anything that needs to be fixed with it and as the lower third says like why are you trying to fix something that isn't broken yeah well i mean they did they did pretty substantial changes to two and three as well like the 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 base la- the base layer is still there, but like Resident Evil Two remake is not Resident Evil Two. Like it's they pretty cha- close though. Not in terms of what you're doing and kind of all the things that you know the the the, the base the, the the landmarks are there, but everything that happens in between is very different. Um, so if they're taking that same philosophy, I can see where they're coming from. Um, obviously, there's a, there's a way to there's, a, there's you could claim that like Resident Evil Four doesn't need the help in the way that two and three did because two and three are much more much older. I mean, Resident Evil um, 4 kind of redefined action yeah. games. The other thing I think you could say is uh, Resident Evil 4 is still largely playable on modern... Con- you know, there, there's a version of it you can get on Xbox and all that. And there's an HD remaster for it. Yeah, so to make a, do a remake and sort of change things up and make it a little different, like, probably makes sense. Um, 
the other thing I saw was that the, the main thing I've seen people arguing over is like they're they're talking about basically taking out a lot of the goofy weird stuff in terms of like the dialogue because yeah, a lot of the dialogue in that is still yeah. A There's little, moments. It's a little behind uh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the rest of the presentation. It's got some moments. Yeah. Um, it's like Leon wouldn't be quite as goofy and weird. You know, it's like, well, and yeah, you're going to clean up. You know, there's no Jill Sandwich line yeah. in, in the in the Resident Evil 1 remake either. It's, yeah. it's uh, something else. It's, there is a reference to a sandwich in that scene, but it's different. It's not right. the same joke. It's not yeah. the joke is seems constructed. It's not like a weird translation error. And look, don't get me wrong. I have no problems with them updating the game to make it more copacetic mm-hmm. with modern culture. Um, but I don't remember a ton of stuff like that in RE4. Not really. I think there's probably a couple of short <clears throat> jokes you got, have to get rid of with Salazar. Um, but uh, like I thought part of the camp in RE4 was part of its charm. Like, yeah. A little bit. Like some of the characters who were goofy, like Salazar, like I liked that he was like that. He made him it made him stand out. And it also I would argue Also, I don't think you've lost that camp in something like Seven. Yeah. Like, like there's no way Lady Demetresque is not in the same vein as some of the enemies in four. Yeah. Like That's that a good point. those the the cadre of villains in seven do not come off to me as any less ridiculous mm-hmm. than any anything in four. And I think you need these moments of levity inside these games. Otherwise, they're just like a dirge, basically. Well, also, isn't that kind of the progression of 4 is like, you know, you start out in like this forest and there's like wolves and then you run these villagers and like slowly the villagers, okay, the villagers are trying to attack me. It's like, there's a guy with a chainsaw. Oh, I shot the head off that guy and there's like giant weird tentacle thing pops out. And like the that's sort of like the, 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 the fun of the discovery of 4 is like, you start in what feels like a pretty grounded setting for, especially for Resident Evil, mm-hmm. and by the end you're fighting these giant trolls and you, know, yeah. you would never have guessed that the, these was, crazy things were in yeah. this little village you enter at the yeah. beginning, and that kind of the, the build of that is sort of one of the one of the strengths of that game. So mm-hmm. hopefully they wouldn't lose that. Now, like but, I, there are things that I would tweak a little bit, like the sniping section in the castle. Yeah. Like I would tweak that a little bit and make it a little more yeah, fun. I would like to make Ashley a little more useful. Yeah. Um, just having her hide in boxes all the time is not interesting, you know. <laughs> yep. Although I will always love the, like where you tell her it's like time to come out, and the box just pops open, and she stands straight up out yeah. of the box, and like it's like it's a very funny animation, even though I don't think it's supposed to be. But like setting um, some of the stuff at night instead of the daytime, like I think that's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Like I like that the open of this game is in the daytime, and you can actually see the enemies for what they are instead of like hiding in the shadows and mm-hmm. kind of trying to make out what they are, what they're supposed to be. Um, that's and it's not like it's a bright sunny day or anything. No. It's like you're already you're, you're already kind of there. You don't need to change that. Really. Yeah, I don't get why they would do that kind of stuff. It, like it doesn't. Usually, you're gonna do that. You do it to hide stuff. Yeah, you, know, you make it, so you have to render. But you've already got the fog. Like you yeah. do fog environments and make it look good. Yeah, they said their goal was to make it scarier, but like Resident Evil Four isn't scary. It's I mean, not like it, but that's why it was successful because it wasn't relying on cheap yeah. jump scares and like. I, don't know. Evil, I mean, the series does stop being a horror series to a large degree for four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't yeah. mind that. I don't either. I thought it became better after that. So, yeah. and I know some people may disagree with me that they do view Resident Evil as a horror game, and like some people may not like four, five, six, and seven. I don't. Yeah. Well, actually, with I mean, seven, they traded uh, they traded the horror for intensity, basically, yeah. which yeah. is fine. Like, I, I mean, I definitely. Four is head and shoulders above everything else in the entire series. Like, yeah, I mean, I, look, there was moments I was scared playing four, but I mean, I you're right; back, it's for different reasons. Yeah. I mean, I remember coming back from playing this at the Capcom event they did in Vegas, and like coming back and be like, "Resident Evil Four is amazing!" Like they mm-hmm. they made an incredible, and everyone was like, "Because mm? yeah, that was when like 
no, no one really has come yeah. out. <laughs> All right, three, and everyone kind of thought Resident Evil was sort of. I remember like Adam and even you to some degree were just like, really? Like that was like you're, you know, I'm like, man, do I come back from these events like gushing over shit too often? Normally, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I had to play this stupid thing and I don't care. But like Resident Evil Four was like, I was not ready for it. I was just, it, it's just how it felt. Especially after Code Veronica. I mean, yeah, Code Veronica. I thought was, Code Veronica was good at the time. Yeah, but well, I liked it for sure because it was nice that it was 3D and it was you know you weren't yeah. doing the, the fixed camera angles anymore. But man, I tried to play that again when it came out on 360, mm-hmm. and like it, so did a couple of my friends who were also a much bigger horror game and Resident Evil fans than I was, and they loved Code Veronica, and one of them considered it the best horror game ever. And, da, da, da. and we all started to play it the day it came out, and everyone quit that night. Like, <laughs> no, this isn't this doesn't work anymore. Yeah. How do you feel about just going back and changing games that were unanimously considered amazing at all, like in general? Yeah. Like it works sometimes. Final Fantasy VII remake, like actually, I don't know. I may actually like I, to play the original Final Fantasy VII more than the remake. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't uh, call that out yeah. as, a, as a successful choice of that. Um, I don't it know. It doesn't like, happen very often because most developers and publishers are like, that's a sacred cow. We're not well, going to touch most, it. Also, mostly you don't touch games like that because it costs too much and it's right. too much of an of a, of a undertaking. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of even like the really well-regarded games, like people were saying in the chat earlier, why don't they do the Final Fantasy remake treatment to Chrono Trigger? And the answer to that is because nobody, not enough people care about Chrono Trigger. Yeah, like that's Chron- true. Chrono Trigger is great. It's one of yeah. the best things Square's ever made. But like, the audience for that is like infinitesimal compared to the audience for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Like, there's just no way around it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like in in the case of this, like it bothers me way less than it might otherwise because the original is so easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Like if Resident Evil Four was like like left on GameCube and there was no way to play it except on that, and like you had to or have old hardware or, or something. Yeah. Like, that would be different, but, like, Resident Evil 4 is on everything. Yeah. Like... They haven't been shy about porting yeah. it, that's like for sure. Like, to, 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 from a certain point of view, the only reason to make a remake of Resident Evil 4 is to change it. Is to do, like, a, like a, a remix of it, to some hmm. degree. Okay, that's an interesting perspective. Because if you want to play the original, it's right there on the same platform. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Matt. Like, I would be cool just playing it, the original, with... PlayStation Five level graphics. Yeah, like. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would do that, but I don't think that's you know, you've already, you're already kind of selling that already with a little yeah. tweaks here and there. Like yeah. again, like the sniping section, you could tweak that a little bit. Like some of the verbiage used in the game, you could remove it or alter it or mm-hmm. whatever. Like that stuff, I'm cool with, but I don't know. I just, I feel like it's a sacred cow to me for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't hold it up like that to the degree, especially because it's so available. Yeah. It's not like, you know, George Lucas refusing to release the, the theatrical versions of Star Wars. Right. You know, it's, <laughs> you can go back and play Resident Evil on almost any platform of your choice whenever you want. And now there's like mods on PC that d- do give it the graphics you're talking about. This scene and like, is still so awesome, by the way. Yeah, like, you definitely don't see incredible. that coming. Like, <laughs> how did they make this game so good back then? Like, it's, it's mind-blowing. If you guys haven't played Resident Evil 4 yet, I, I, okay, I'll ask you this, Matt. Someone who's never played it, would you recommend they play the OG or wait until the remake? I don't know. I'd have to see what the remake is. Yeah. I would, I mean, even before knowing what the remake is, I'd tell them to play this first. Because mm-hmm. it's still so damn good. Like, there's so many moments in this game that are just incredible. Yeah, I mean, there's things about it that would be hard for modern audience. You know, like, the you're always going to have the people that don't understand why he can't move right. when, he, when he aims. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Like, look, you do, if you're moving while you're aiming a gun, you're going to miss. Yeah, so it's not it's true. Like, it's yeah. not a terrible thing to do that. But I get that it's a kind of a frustrating thing in a modern day where you used to be able to circle straight for whatever. Well, they never even realized, though, that, like, 
this revolutionized third-person shooting. The over-the-shoulder mm-hmm. view had never been done before. Yeah, this is kind of where you le- they learned to put the camera there. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things about this game that were just completely groundbreaking. And- hey, it's that dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Well, especially because, like, there's... You know, there was skepticism of where the camera was when you saw the screenshots of it. People yeah. were like, "Oh, that doesn't look like Resident Evil. Like, what? What are you going to do with, with that? Like, uh-huh. you know, like he's blocking too much of the screen and all this." Stuff. It was, uh, you know, it was the skepticism surrounding this game was inter- was was very funny in, in, in all hindsight. Wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It's still amazing. I think it's just. I don't know. I, I I just don't think it needs to be messed with. I guess is what it really comes down to. Like I just think mm. it's great as it is. So. It is, but again, it's readily available. Yeah. Like it's you know it's like if you. I actually now that I think about it, I don't know where I would play. I'd probably have to dust off my GameCube to play Resident Evil Four. I don't think I have any of the other versions. Well, you can get you can get it on Xbox for like four dollars at the next next sale they do. Yeah. Well, they, I'll tell you what, folks. If you haven't played it yet and you have an Xbox, go buy it for four dollars and play it because mm-hmm. it is an amazing game, one of my all time favorites, and. I am a little protective of games like that, to be sure. There's, I'm not denying that. Um, I mean, they're not Rockstar. They're not going to pull yeah. uh, the other versions down, like like with uh, San Andreas and everything. Cut. Cut, <laughs> cut, cut. I just love this freaking game. So anyway, I don't know. I guess we'll see how it all plays out mm-hmm. um, when we get the official announcement. There is a countdown clock that Capcom has going right now that's counting down to the 21st. Mm. Um, nobody knows what it's for. It could be DLC for Resident Evil Village. Monster Hunter DLC. Sorry. Like, it could be. I mean, it's weird to do a countdown clock for DLC. Mm-hmm. So it, the way the 221, art, maybe it's going to be, uh, they're going to do a Sherlock Holmes game. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the art of the countdown clock makes it look like it's something Resident Evil related. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll wait and see. I guess they actually already did a Sherlock Holmes game, huh? Capcom did? Yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. The, uh, the great, the great ace, the ace attorney thing. Yeah. 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 So anyway, there you go. That's Game Face 289. We have some time to take some questions here. I'm sure you guys have a bunch. Uh, some people think it's Street Fighter 6 because the Capcom Cup. I get that, but. I feel like that would have leaked. I feel like we'd have heard some rumbling One, I there. agree with you. I think it probably would have leaked. But two, if you look at the tone of the countdown clock, it's like all black and gray and dreary looking. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be shocked if it, and elated, by the way, if it's the new Street Fighter, but it's due. Like, they're due to show the new Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Like, overdue. And it'll be interesting, too, because, you know, they have new people leading yeah, that team. Yeah, it's a whole and, different thing. Dude, I'm really nervous about that. How are you feeling about that, Matt? Um, I don't know. Like, I am not convinced they have anyone there right now who could make something as good as four. I know. I feel the same way. We'll see. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Um, as always, go at Sifted Games in the chat so we can pluck them out of all the other conversation. It makes it a lot easier for us. And we do have time to answer a good many questions today, if you guys have some. Um, actually, Matt, I have one for you. Mm. Have you seen the Uncharted movie yet? No. When are you going to see it? Well, it's not out yet. So. Well, it's out in other territories, I'm fr- but not I'm seeing it on Friday. But I think the Western reviews came out today, right? Yeah, the other day, yeah. Yeah. So it's not good. Yeah, there's <laughs> like a forty percent or something. Uh, no, I got. I'm all. seeing it on Friday. Yeah, Friday. Yeah, we'll talk about it on tu- next Tuesday. Also, by the way, I should add, next Tuesday is our last episode of Game Face from this studio. Mm. That's it. And the funny part is, is like all the other businesses in here are moving out this weekend. Mm. So when we <laughs> just gonna be us. <laughs> yep. When we come in here next Tuesday, everything's gonna be empty in here except for us. 
this room. So maybe we should do something crazy since we're the only <laughs> people in here. Just totally set it up. Just spin the cameras and just show the whole office or do something yeah. fun. Anyway, we'll see. Well, yeah, it's nothing to really see. It's yeah, it's just an office. It's just an but, office. Yeah, actually, the best view is right here. Yeah, <laughs> what you're seeing on the show. You do kind of have the best room. Yeah, yeah, of this office suite, yeah. we definitely have the best. Yeah, I'm gonna miss this though. I'm gonna miss having an office with where I can see outside. <laughs> it's just. Not the same. It's been hard to find an office, period. Cyberpunk next-gen patch is here? Today. It launched today, oh, wow. I think. I didn't, I didn't know Out that. Out of nowhere, yeah. I don't think I'll go back, though. Like, I've already finished the game. Like I will. Maybe not today. I got cleanup to do from the, from the birthday stuff yesterday. Yeah. But, um, yeah. All right, let's get to some Q&A. We got a bunch of questions. I'll here. give you Oscar predictions closer to the Oscars. Yeah. When are the Oscars? Uh, late, late March. Like a month. A little more over a month. Okay. Oh, they're asking me about musicals. Jam Rain, thank you, man, for all these tier one subs that you're giving to our audience. It's always worth it to come and watch the show live. We're here every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash Sifted Games. If you're someone who's listening to the audio version um, of the podcast, you should stop in for a live recording sometime. Even if you're working, man, just put in your AirPods or whatever and listen while you're working along. It'll make the three hours of your afternoon go by real fast. Um, okay, let's get to Zet Saber. Going along with the MS continuing to release COD for PlayStation topic, what is stopping Microsoft from simply having Activision release COD under a different name? It is then considered a new IP. does not have to be released on PlayStation, and the FTC can't penalize Microsoft since it's loophole, it loopholes the perpetuity clause. There's no way they would ever do that. Because Call of Duty is too much an automatic buy. Yeah, the, that's why they <laughs> trying to communicate why the, what the new name is would be like too difficult. Yeah, I mean that's the one of the big reasons they bought Activision Blizzard is for the Call of Duty IP, the brand. So I don't see that happening. I see what you're saying, and it would mm-hmm. be kind of slick and smart to do that, but it would cost them too much money. Yeah, the rebranding. How do you rebrand Call of Duty at this point? Like you can't. I don't know. And have be successful at it. I mean, I guess you could drop the Call of Duty name and just call it Black Ops or right. Modern Warfare or whatever. That's true. You might be able to get away with that and yeah. have it still work. That probably skirts that well enough. Or just change it to COD, C-O-D, mm. colon, and get rid of the whole Call of Duty thing. But still, like, yeah, I don't see it happening. Good question, though, Seth Saber. Uh, Nolan Elric, he's been prolific today in our chat. Hey, Matt, have you uh, seen or played the new Godzilla pin? I don't even know what that means. Pinball game. Oh, pinball game. It's being regarded as one of the best tables ever, up there with the Williams Ballet Classics. I drove three hours to play it last weekend. It's great. I have what? not played that, but I do want to. I didn't even know about this. Yeah, it's pretty new. Um, I don't think there's any in L.A. where I would have gone by now. I will. If you find out about one, I'll go. Yeah. I'm a huge I'm hoping. I'm hoping uh, 84 gets it because okay. they have a pretty big pinball selection. I do remember like at a local pizzeria in my little dinky town that I lived in when I was growing up, they got the first multi-leveled pinball machine, Haunted House. Mm-hmm. And I just blew my mind. It cost a dollar to play instead of like a quarter or 50 cents or whatever. Um, and that just blew my mind. And mm-hmm. that you know what? That pinball table is still amazing. It's yep. still really good. One of, the, uh, one of the classics. Absolutely. I love pinball. And someday, if I ever have a home, I will own a pinball machine. And it'll probably be... Pinbot or Funhouse? Mm. What are your favorite pinball tables? Um, or maybe this one. I, maybe it's awesome. I it's don't up know. there. Uh, I, mine would be Twilight Zone. That's a good one, too. I like Twilight Zone, um, Whitewater. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot about that one. That one's good, too. 
Uh, is that the one that has the spinning in the middle? Yeah. Yeah. The no, no, that's get- uh, that's uh, Whirlwind. Nah. That, or, uh, and uh, Hurricane as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and the one I remember. A couple of them do that. Uh, uh, White Water has Bigfoot and some stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that one I liked. Um, Wasn't it like, have people like Whitewater rafting on it? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Theater of Magic. That's a good I one, like too. I like that one a lot. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, and Monster uh, Monster Bash. I don't think I remember that one. You're, I think is that what, yeah I think that's what it's called it's called yeah because you're, you're building a band out of like the classic Universal monsters. Yeah, I don't think I remember um, that one. It's good. It's uh, silly but fun. Yeah, I love freaking love pinball. Love it. Um, the legacy mouthful mode from Kirby and the Forgotten Land reminds me of Mario's hat in Odyssey. Nintendo needs to tell us what happens if Kirby inhales Mario's hat. That's <laughs> like putting a portable hole. That's like putting a portable hole in a bag of holding. Like just. Mutual annihilation. That's a good one. Good. It wasn't even a question. It was a statement, but it was a really good one. Makes you wonder if um, is Mario's hat a, of the same Cloth. elder thing race <laughs> as Kirby? <laughs> like, are they are they from the same end of the universe yeah. kind of thing? Um, Ashes in the Hourglass. Shane, last week you said that West Side Story is the only musical you've ever liked. My question is, have you seen any of the classic Hollywood musicals of the 50s and 40s? Personally, I would recommend Singing in the Rain. Meet Me mm-hmm. in St. Louis, and my favorite, The Young Girls of Rockefort. I'm sure Matt will co-sign at least one of these recommendations. I mean, so, Singing in the Rain is is classic. I mean, you can't really go wrong I with mean, that I mean, everybody one. knows Singing in the Rain. Um, Meet Me in St. Louis, I'm familiar with. I've never even heard of The Young Girls of Rockefort. I'll, I'll say this. So it is weird because when I was growing up, I was in musicals. Not only was I in mm-hmm. musicals, I was like the lead in our musicals in elementary school. And then I got to middle school and I was in the choir and I kind of got out of it. Um, and my, I have two aunts who are huge or, or were huge into musicals. Amazing singing voices. They always had the leads in the local productions. So it's, it is bizarre. I've been up, I was raised around musicals and I don't like them. I just... When I watch a musical, I always feel like I'd rather just have someone deliver the line instead of sing it. That's mm-hmm. really what bothers me the most. I'm like, just get to it. I don't want to hear you. It's just weird. It's like part of it is just like a film where they're acting like the real mm-hmm. world where you just talk to somebody. And then all of a sudden it just whips into a song. It just it just seems absurd to me. Mm-hmm. And the There's older I've gotten, the more absurd it. I will say that, you know, having seen the Spielberg West Side Story uh, last week, um, I like, I think I like, I mean, it was really good. It's very, very good. A great adaptation and more based on the stage play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's there's things about, there's organizational things about the stage play that make more sense. And Spielberg took those and that was good. But I think in general, I prefer the artificiality of sort of the old style filmed musicals like because okay. modern film musical adaptations tend to try to set things in the real world and then just everybody acts naturally until it's time to sing and i kind of appreciate the fact that on the old west side story i can tell that's a set like yeah. that's a studio stage they're yeah, on I and like because i think music you know, i do like musicals i'm not a huge musical person but i do i like, do like straight play non-musical plays better mm-hmm. um but uh, I just I, musicals work better on the stage for me. I don't think they were film musicals are very hit or miss for me. It's that moment where they transition from just talking to singing. Mm-hmm. It's just awkward. It's yeah. like what is it? What is it that just made you decide to break out into? Yeah, song? I mean it's just a, it's a dramatic device, and it, I think it works better in a stage environment because stage environments tend to be a little more abstract, and yeah. it's not as you're you're not as fooled as as it's thinking as they're jarring. in the real world. Yeah, yeah. it's not as jarring. 
The, but one thing I do I do like that Spielberg does in the West Side Story is um, because you know obviously one of the things about uh, filmed musicals is the musical numbers are generally shot on their own and then you shoot stuff around you know films are always shot out of sequence. But Spielberg makes sure in this movie that after a big musical number and then there's dialogue after the musical number, the actors are panting. The actors are out of breath yeah. from the from the dance. Yeah, yeah. And like a lot of film musicals do not do that. It's like the it's like the musical part never happened and everybody's just sort of normal after it. But the fact that you can see their chest move like that's a big thing when you see it in an actual live, that's a good live point. performance yeah, too. Yeah. And like the fact that they aren't like disguising that and they're making it feel like the actors are working for these things that they're they're doing on screen, like that worked really well. And I I cannot recall a filmed musical that is set in a real world looking like setting doing that. And no, I thought that was, I thought that was really and good. Their hair's never out of place. They're not no, sweating. Like it, they they're... looked like they had just done some work. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. that was great. I, th- I, yeah. Spiel- I, I, I leave it to Spielberg that. to think of that. Yeah. Leave it to the guy who's so good at one, sh- you know, oneers, long mm-hmm. one, single shots to know that like you have to have that continuity to, to you know, these characters did all this stuff and yeah. you have to portray that. And, and it was that's great. part of musicals that I, that is weird for me is mm-hmm. that like it, it's like the singing Happens, but it's like it didn't happen. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Like no one, no one's ever like broken the fourth wall in a musical and been like, "Why don't we just sing something?" They do that in West, this West Side Story. Oh, they do. For, for a moment, they're like, "Why are you singing that?" Like, stop oh, it. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Like it, only once, but, it, but it's like, yeah, it's. But I mean, okay. that's that's the, the artificial reality of musicals is sort of the nature of it, and like you, you, you live or die in songs. Um, there is an old SNL skit where uh, with Norm Macdonald as like the leader of the Jets kind of thing, and they're, <laughs> and they're all. And he's and they're all all the guys running up and they're like it's like yeah the sharks are doing all this and then they start singing this he's like why did you do that why why just spin around in a circle like that and sing about what the, why didn't you just tell me that he's like I don't know it just seemed like the way to do it and then like they, uh, the three of them like do a dance of it, to, of it together he's like it's like did you guys practice that like what the hell was that like never seen and, that. and was, I think it's I think it was, I think it's uh, I think it's love it's it's just uh, like I don't know I just saw what he did and like like that and he's just like, he's like what the hell and, and like and yeah it's uh, look up look up YouTube look up the Norm Macdonald like shark uh, I will like, Norm like, Macdonald's great it's period. really funny a good question though Ashes in the Hourglass. And it is, I will admit, it's odd that I grew up being in musicals and my family was involved in musicals mm. and now I can't stand them. It is a little odd. Um, next I think it level. depends. Have you seen uh, In the Heights? No. Watch In the Heights. Okay. Like, I, I think uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda has kind of cracked the code on how, how to make a musical work. Okay. I'll check it out. Uh, let's see. What's next? Um, next level. Shh. What game does Xbox have until Starfield? Feels like a ghost town on Xbox compared to the other consoles. Yeah, it's a True. good point. Well, no, what are you talking about, man? We just told you to go and buy Crossfire X. Yeah. Both Ugh. campaigns. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot no, on the docket not. there. Yeah, it is a light year. That's why, you know, Xbox had a pretty good year last year, and we gave yeah. it its due, but luckily, I don't see I, a repeat coming. Luckily, I think once Starfield hits, you're going to start seeing the dividends of all those I think studios actually, they purchased. I think right. I think once Starfield hits... From then on, yeah, you're probably golden. You're finally going to start seeing some but some movement. You're there. right. This is a little bit of a weak year for Microsoft. No, no denying it for sure. Yeah, and last year was was a little weak in places too. But everyone had a weak year last year, so I think it's going to be more noticeable for Microsoft this year. Yep. Uh, here's our boy Sneaky. Matt, are you going to buy the Lego Horizon Zero Dawn set? How many? <laughs> Shane, make him live stream the build. My preview set is on the way. Excited more than the game. Oh, mm. sacrilege! Sneaky. I don't. I don't know if I will. I'll have to take closer looks at them. I don't have a lot of room for that stuff anymore. Like I've got the Star Wars Legos everywhere. My mom sent me the the giant, you know, the new Ultimate Collectors series at at for my birthday. So that's, you know, 
wouldn't fit on this table. Yeah. Like it's 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 big. Uh-huh. Uh, so I only have so many places to put these big crazy sets, and it's cool that they're making that. And it's and also if they announce that they are in fact doing Transformers Legos, I'm going to have to figure that out. So Horizon's probably going to fall by the wayside there. Yep. I could maybe see getting the uh, the the tall neck. Um, just because that's a, it's an iconic, mm-hmm. it's an iconic thing, and it's gonna be hard for me to re- resist having an Aloy minifigure. You yeah, know, like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so we'll we see. Got, we gotta play the games first, man. This is that the game's a beast. It's gonna take us a while to get through that, but I'm ready. I hope mm-hmm. you're ready. Um, AJ the Legend Watson, Cyberpunk next gen patches. Here, are you giving it a roll? I already finished Cyberpunk 2077, so probably not for me. What about you, Matt? I'll try. I'm not, I didn't finish it, so I'm, I'll at least go see what it looks like now. Okay. Um, it's not that long, actually. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. No. It's not like one. It of It feels like 90... a huge chunk was cut out of the beginning. I, 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 I still believe that that montage when you first get to Night City and like you see sort of the year that where like you're coming up and coming with uh, what's his name? Mm-hmm. You know, what's his name? Johnny Silverhand. No, the your friend in you know, Cyberpunk, the, the big guy. Yeah. Oh. You know what I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. I, I can't remember, remember his name. name. Yeah. That's probably not a good sign. <laughs> Jamie, is it? I don't think so. Something like that? I don't think so. I can't so. remember. Yeah. Um, he, uh, but yeah, like, I feel like that montage was originally, like, a big chunk of the game. Probably. Like, you I, you know, fighting your way up through the ranks of Night City until you get noticed enough to be part of this big score. It does just kind of jump. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. You're like, oh, we'll just put him on. Jackie. Oh, that was it. Jackie. Jackie. Yeah. Meathead. Jackie. Alias Jackie. He ended up not actually Alias Jackie. Yeah. That part of the, there's parts of that game that affected me pretty good, actually. Some emotionally. Um, oh, AJ, go Los Angeles Rams. Congratulations, my friend. Um, in fact, I'll give you a round of applause for your team winning the Super Bowl. Congrats. It was great um, to be here in L.A. and hear yeah. the fireworks and the gunshots yeah, as they won. Um, I mean, those would have happened even if they hadn't won. Yeah. Um, uh, AJ, I, I feel bad. Hell of a halftime show. It, 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 amazing halftime yeah. show. Um, so LA, it was very, it was nice to see the celebration of LA and California as the halftime show in the stadium in LA yeah. and LA one. Like it was, it was a really, yeah. it was a really good LA day. Yeah. And look, I, I'm obviously a hardcore Steelers fan, but I was rooting for the Rams and look, I know that I picked the Bengals to win the game outright and it maybe the Bengals maybe should have, sorry, AJ. It came, it came close. That well, I mean, yeah. even I saw that blown the face mask call. Yeah. Like but that. look, I did say that at the very least you should bet on the Bengals and they did cover. So if any of you mm-hmm. guys took my my advice to bet on the Bengals and won money, you can put yeah. a dollar or two in the sifted tip jar. At the other sift- nice thing, sifted.net slash The other nice thing was it was a good game. It was. It was like it wasn't game. a blowout. It like yeah. kept it stayed, you know, there was some drama in it. It was It was all good. Congratulations, AJ. Uh your squad got it. It and, wasn't as uh, good as what was the game of like a few weeks ago that everyone said it was like the best football game of all time or something well there were three that was the bills and the chiefs there were three games mm-hmm. in one weekend that all went to overtime it was like with the best weekend of like nfl playoff football like ever and i would mm-hmm. probably agree with that um it was a great football season and i think people were complaining that like the Bengals shouldn't have been there and like the rams maybe shouldn't have been there but to me that super bowl is exactly what the nfl is now mm-hmm. most teams in the nfl now suck like, the Steelers, I'm an honest fan. The Steelers sucked this year. They were bad. And they made the playoffs. They were like 9-7-1. and one. It's because the league sucks. There's so much parity now 
there really aren't dominant teams, and any team can win on any given Sunday, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I think that this Super Bowl was a perfect example of how that is. And so congratulations. The Rams were deserving. They won the Super Bowl, and now they have a Lombardi. And mm-hmm. I also like any time a team wins the Super Bowl that doesn't have five or six Super Bowls so the Steelers can still be the team with the most. <laughs> um, we'll take one more question, uh, if we can find one here. Uh, more questions about Cyberpunk. Uh, AJ went to the game. That's oh, impressive. he went? AJ, you went to the Super Bowl? Wow. Cha-ching, cha-ching, yeah. cha-ching. Dude, look, even you... day before the game, the cheapest seats were like 5Gs. Oh, yeah. Did you did you see the, the refreshments list? Like the, 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 the food list prices? No. It was like 20 bucks for a caramel apple, like $19 for a beer, and the bottled water had no price on it. It was like, if you had got to ask how much the bottled water is, you can't afford it. It's like when you <laughs> it's like when you go to a really nice restaurant, yeah. and like they have the prices except for one thing. It says market price, which means yeah. just don't even like, ask don't even unless try, you're yeah. filthy rich. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Vincent, bigger deal for Paramount Plus, both announced today. Halo Season 2 or a Knuckles spinoff series <laughs> to Sonic? Uh, I think I'll probably give that to Halo. Yeah, me Because I know a lot of people that are interested in Halo who have never played Halo, and I don't know anyone who cares about Sonic. Yeah. Who doesn't already care about Sonic. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. Like, the last Sonic movie got a couple of my nephews to become big-time Sonic fans. Like, now they're, like, have Sonic stuff in their room, and, Mm -hmm. like, they have Sonic nightlights and Sonic T-shirts. And so the movie's... They have they impact the young. They're gonna they're gonna do something for sure. But like yeah. Halo, Halo. I mean, I'm surprised by the reaction to my non of my my non gaming friends or my non shooter playing friends to like, mm-hmm. oh, that looked really good. Like they're really interested in that show. So might might do what they needed to do. Um, and AJ, Sonic Three, yeah. Legend I mean, Watson, yes sir. Why I wanted the patch, Shane. Oh, he wants it. Okay, gotcha. He'd ask me for a sifted patch mm. to put on his jacket. He has a Rams patch. Got it. Hey, if you can afford it, go for it, man. Like, if the Steelers played in the Super Bowl, I would probably spend whatever it costs to go. It's just third year. Some of the stuff on the floor, the the ground floor was like 25 grand. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be sitting there. Yeah. What's also, to me, I mean, it's also interesting in the sense of like, it's like, so the people who like rooted for these teams all season who really cared about it, the Super Bowl is not for them. No, basically, it's not. I mean, it's just for rich people to make an appearance. Pretty much. Somebody posted uh, it was a great tweet. Uh, I can't. It's not with me right, but it's like it's this guy who just tracks private jet flights. That's his whole Twitter is just he tracks private jet flights, and it's like here's the here's the private jet flights out of L.A. in the five hours after the end of the Super Bowl. It's like 140. Like it's just. All the all Celebs. the multimillionaires just flying out, out. to go home after the party. Well, if you can get there, that to attend, congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says, actually, Sneaky said, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. That's mm-hmm. right. Yep, that's true mm-hmm. in a lot of things in life. So that's the way it goes. Well, that's it for Game Face episode two eighty nine. We'll be back next Tuesday at one p.m. Pacific, four p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash sifted games. If you like the show, you like what we're doing, you like our content, you like Matt, you like me, head to patreon.com slash sifted and pledge as much or as little as you want per month. Even a dollar a month makes a difference. It all adds up, um, and we'd appreciate it very, very much. Um, Also, don't forget that if you have any misgivings about Good Morning Gaming going day and date free to our YouTube channel, please speak now or forever hold your peace, uh, because if I don't get a lot of feedback saying that that's how you feel, then that's what's going to happen with the show. Uh, hopefully you can see kind of the big picture 
and realize that if we do get more YouTube subscribers and we get more people on our Patreon, that that gives us more money so that we can make more content exclusive for you guys. So anyway, good show, Matt. We'll be back next Tuesday for our last episode from this studio. I'm really going to be sad to leave here. It really sucks. Hmm. It just seems like as soon as we get comfortable somewhere, we've always got to go. But that's the way life is. So thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks to everyone on the chat. There's still tons of people in our chat chatting it up. Uh, we have a good crew of people who follow us here at twitch.tv slash games. So on behalf of Matt, I'm Shane. We'll see you next week. Game Face is up and out. <laughs>